Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. It's the Sports Animals again on the Bobby Curran Show here on ESPN Honolulu. In uh, just a little while, I'm going to save this for our next segment. In just a little while, I want to get on with the. I want to. Uh, I want to react to an article in the Star Advertiser by Dave Reardon in the local and business section, as the squabbling continues, further delaying the new Aloha Stadium. It's, it's incredible, incredible what's going on. I can't believe adults are in charge. We're going to save that for a few minutes from now. Uh, top headlines as well. Astros beat the Yankees 3-2. to two. Houston now up 2 to nothing. Yankees get three games in a row at home Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, they've fallen behind in the series, though. It's going to be tough to get back. And yesterday, so close. Aaron yeah, Judge hit a shot to right field in the eighth inning. That would have been a home run in Yankee Stadium, but wasn't in Houston at Minute Maid Park. And they come close, but not good enough. All right. Uh, University of Hawaii is um, ranked number one in this year's women's basketball preseason coaches poll in the Big West, uh, as they should be. Last time they were number one, they won the Big West. That was in 2016. Hopefully history will repeat itself. I wasn't sure what to expect. I know they have four starters back, but when you lose Amy Atwell, you're not sure how the other teams will look at Hawaii, but obviously they looked at them as a pretty good team again. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Christian, this was big news uh, yesterday afternoon. I heard it while listening to the uh, football game. Christian McCaffrey uh, traded. You know what? Here's the headline. 49ers just won the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's that, but if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, this is a huge piece on uh, uh, at least getting to the Super Bowl. You have weapons like George Kittle. You've got uh, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. You've got Debo Samuel. Uh, let's see, what's another weapon? Uh, Brandon Ayuk is having a good season. Now you add Christian McCaffrey. I mean, a couple of years ago, when healthy, he has been, he's, you know, missed 22 of the last 33 games. But uh, in the 20, uh, 2020 to 2021. But if you add, I mean, the year before that, only the third receiver in history have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. If you're going to put that kind of season, and he's way up there this year, he's one of the top uh, uh, guys from scrimmage this year in the league, if he continues to stay healthy, the 49ers are unstoppable, especially with that defense. Yeah, I think that if you, if you bought a ticket for them to win a Super Bowl in Vegas before this deal before this deal yesterday, you got really good odds. I think they're going to be the favorite <laughs> to win it. Now, the way they've been playing and that addition, wow, I think the rest of the NFC, specifically the Rams, are really taking note of this. And the Rams are the team that I don't know if they're going to win that division now. Arizona got a key win last night, but 49ers, they are the favorite in the NFC West and in the NFC. I don't know if folks saw this in the football game last night, but Kyler Murray continues to just embarrass himself. When you talk about embarrassing the shield, 
Kyler Murray, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, just conti- it's he's embarrassing himself. He doesn't realize how stupid he looks on TV, telling his coach to calm the bleep down as he's coming. As he can't get the playoff, they got to call a timeout, I guess. So the coach, who's not yelling or screaming or anything, the quarterback's coming off, and you can tell what he's saying on national television. It's just it's a bad look for you, Kyler Murray. It is. I think that people forget about it in time. Uh, I think in the heat of the moment so it can happen. It still wasn't Please something do. he should do, but right, right. I, I just don't think it's a it's a major major deal for him. I don't think that's not going to be one of the things you think about him a year from now. It's one of the things that I think about him. It's one of the things that I think about him when he's scrubbed. All the stuff he's doing is just another long line of. It's like what kind of e- who does he think he is? Do you think Tua Tagovailoa would be saying, "Calm the f down"? To Mike no. McDaniel? No, no, he wouldn't do that. You think Marcus Mariota would go up to his coach, tell him to calm the f down on national television? No. You think Jimmy Garoppolo would do that? No. You think oh. Lamar Jackson would do that to John Harbaugh? No. Maybe. I mean, it's, I don't I, think so. I, 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 I don't I, think it so. was the wrong move, yeah, but in the heat of the moment, you know, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh, but what do you mean in the heat of the moment? It was a timeout. You're, 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 you're in the middle of a football game. That's what I mean in the heat of the moment. I right. Mean, and you see in football, people yell at each other. People get, you know, their energy levels up, and they react like that. It's not, you know, it's not golf where you're not going to react it's not, to emotions okay, the, like that. If you're supposed to be the leader of the team, when J.J. Watt is actually probably the leader of the team, if you're the leader of the team and things are going south and you lose your head, that's not a leader. That's an – that's – uh, it's kind of an, kind of an imbecile. In a way, it is a leader. He, he he's that much of a leader that he can talk to the coach and say anything to him. In the, in no, the it's the not. Yeah, it's a distraction. That's what it is. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember yelling at my offensive line coach coming off the field, telling him to calm the f down. But, but I mean, the guy's acting. He acts like a baby. It's irritating. Maybe I'm the only one. I guess I'm the only one who thinks that Kyler Murray is just a big baby. From all the things that he do, watch him on the sideline. He's continually get... angry. It's like, sorry, sorry, you're not six feet tall. Don't take that out on the rest of the world. <laughs> but he's a good quarterback, and I think that's what matters more to most fans than what he does. Again, it was a wrong move. I agree with you there. It looks stupid, but I don't think it's something that's going to be you know long lasting as far as when you think of Kyler. Well, Murray. I'm not talking about long lasting or anything like that. I'm because. For me, it's long-lasting. For a lot of people, it's long-lasting. Taking a knee, knee on the sideline was for all those players, that was long-lasting. There's still people that aren't going to watch NFL football because of that. Maybe they're right or wrong. That's not the point. Things are long-lasting to different individuals. But it's not long-lasting for you. Let's move on. Uh, hey, Rainbow Wahine soccer team beats Riverside 2-1 to one yesterday. That was a big win, right? It was a very big win because now they're in the tie for fifth place in the Big West. The top six teams make the Big West tournament. They have a home game against Fullerton on Sunday, that's senior day, and then they have the road, road one road game. I believe it's against UC Irvine, and uh, hopefully they can make the Big West tournament. So that was very important last night to get the three points. They get the one point last week against Bakersfield in the tie. It'd be nice to get another three on Sunday to help them make the tournament. Oh, Hank just texted in. Chris, you're way off. Pro football. Hank, please text in or call. Pick up the phone and call. Make a phone call. Call in and tell us another example of a quarterback telling his coach to calm the F down. Give me an example of that happening in 
pro football exclamation, exclamation, exclamation point. Because I'd like to hear it. Didn't Tom Brady get on Josh McDaniel a few times on the sidelines over the years? Did he tell him to calm the F down while he's on the I'm, football? I'm sure, no, he used, I'm, I'm sure he used words stronger than that. I, mean, I don't know. I, I think that's a big difference. If you're yelling okay. at the guy for a play call or something, that, that's a, maybe a bigger issue. When you're telling somebody to calm down, I don't think that's... Oh, Gary, you, you didn't see it then, did you? I did. You, you, he didn't say, hey, calm down. And the worst part was that Shanahan wasn't yelling at him. They asked Not him, Shanahan. was he yelling? Uh, uh, what's his name? Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. It, it, it's like, did, was he yelling at you through the helmet or something? He goes, no. He goes, I just see the antics. He saw the antics. <laughs> well, hey, it's pro football. Coaches have antics. Aren't they allowed to have antics? It's and pro a guy football. can say calm down. He didn't Wasn't say like calm down, did he? He didn't say calm down, did he, Gary? He said calm the bleep down. I don't think that. It's a difference. He said, or did he shout it over and over again, like three times? Yeah, so. <laughs> again, it's football. These people yell at each other. No, nah, I don't know. I don't know if you're the. If you're the quarter, it's a bad look. And it coach, it's a they don't horrible yell look. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible look for a team that's won one football game. Well, they won and three maybe, now. What, are the, what is their record? They're three and four. Oh, three and four. Okay, so it's a, a team that has a losing record. And maybe Kyler Murray's part of the reason. I, I think having DeAndre Hopkins out for the first six games was a big part of that reason. You saw what he did last night. Yeah, it was a good return for him. And what, you think DeAndre Hopkins would uh, tell his coach to calm the F down? No, well, he was trying to be a, he was trying to be a peacemaker is what he was doing. That's true. That's because true. he has a head on his shoulders. But you talk about Kyler Murray being the leader. The Raiders' comeback was all Kyler Murray a few weeks ago, all him. If they don't have him and against, his attitude, Against who? The Raiders. Against who? The Raiders. The how, the Raiders doing, how are the Raiders doing this year? They've had like three losses in the last couple of minutes. So, you know, again, <laughs> they're not, it's not like they're an awful team. Their record's not good. But come on, if you watch them, they've had those last-second losses. Okay. So, again, but look at what he did in that game, single-handedly winning that game, basically. I don't remember that game, so I can't I can't. That's what they, uh, they, they scored in the last play of regulation. I think they got a two-point conversion in that comeback, went to overtime and won. There was one play where he scrambled literally for about 20 seconds. And uh, it was just an amazing comeback in that game. The Raiders had that game won, and that was it. <laughs> Somebody just texted in. Here's an example. Jeff George and June Jones. <laughs> that's right. That's a good one. But – that was about 30 years ago. You see what I'm saying? And Jeff George is arguably the biggest punk in the history of quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, the guy has plenty of talent. Nobody wanted him on his team because he was a jerk. And you might, you know, unfortunately, the, the Cliff Kingsbury is way over his head. Uh, they should, should never have picked him to be the head coach, a head coach in the NFL. I mean, every last couple of years now, he's been on the hot seat. But, um, you know, Kyler Murray's going to last longer than Cliff Kingsbury. But at the same time, sorry, I just don't, I don't, I, I, I don't get into that. It, it's just really irritating for me to see a guy act like a 10-year-old on a football field. I, I think you got to be better than that. I think you've got to set a better example for children watching the game. How many guys now in, in youth football are going to start, you know, doing stuff like that? You see people, you see young people imitate pros all the time, whether you're adjusting your batting gloves over and over again for no purpose or you're, you know, whatever you're doing. I, I, I just, I, I can't stand seeing stuff like that, whether it's the heat of the moment or not. There's a lot of guys in the heat of the moment don't, most people don't.
The great ones don't. The great ones don't. Joe Montana didn't come off the field telling Bill Walsh to calm the F down. True, but again, if he has a history of doing it like every game, that's different. This is, this is the first time I've seen him do anything like that. I, I think, it's, it's again, it'll be forgotten about by most people in a couple of days. If the, if I don't, I don't care what most people think. It's a topic that you and I are okay, talking well, I'll, about. I'll tell you how I feel about it. I, think it's, I don't uh, think it's that big of a deal. I've said that. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're mad. <laughs> no, I'm not mad. I just wanted to talk about something, but you're not ready to talk about it. We'll talk about it next. Go I'm ahead. ready. To, okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that I think Kyler Murray won't be a topic. I don't even know if it'll be something like say on PTI today that they would even bring up as one of the you know, top stories from last night. What was a kind of a big story is how the Saints, I mean, Andy Dalton threw six touchdown passes in that game. Florida, his, his players on the Saints, and two to Arizona, real on two consecutive drives late in the first half. And I really thought that uh, New Orleans was maybe going to win that game the way they started off. I thought Andy Dalton looked good, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, going back to him, 10 catches, 103 yards in his first game back. So they're, they're a team that's struggling, and I know Seattle in that division is also struggling. I think Arizona has a chance to kind of turn it around. They've been really disappointing, and maybe that's why some of the frustration comes in with Kyler Murray. They've only scored six points in the first quarter all season, a field goal last night and a field goal, I think, last week. And Who, the it. Cardinals? Arizona, they're the only team in the NFL not to score in the first quarter. They've started off, obviously, pretty slowly, but I, 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 was, I was enjoying the game just to see DeAndre Hopkins back. I mean, I was, I was enjoying the field. I was enjoying the game watching Andy Dalton. I mean, he, this guy should have been the starting quarterback from the beginning. That's what I said. Remember, we had that debate about he and uh, Jameis Winston. I don't remember, but he should. You know, if we do, I agree with you. He yeah. should. I mean, looking at the guy throw. I mean, after the first three plays or whatever it was, it's like seven to nothing. I'm all wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I get. I, I was saying I thought they were going to win that game until those pick sixes. I felt bad. I thought he was going to get benched for Taysom Hill. So after that, maybe at halftime, they stuck with him, and they made a little bit of a comeback. But I think, again, Arizona, look at the NFC West now with what San Francisco did yesterday with Christian McCaffrey, with Arizona now having DeAndre Hopkins and looking a lot better mm. offensively overall than in previous games. I think yeah. the Rams got a lot, of, a lot of concerns there, and I wonder if somehow they might not even make the playoffs this year because of the NFC West. Those two teams, I think, are going to give them a really tough time to make it hard for them to make it, unless they make it as an extra wild card in third place. I don't know. I, I, I still I, I want to see more than one game out of um, – I, I want to see one more, more than just one game. This is my first game I've seen the Cardinals play before I anoint them um, playoff bound. Yeah, well, again, I'm not saying. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that's fair. But again, we can see what DeAndre Hopkins did for them compared to what they had earlier this season without him. He missed those first six games. So I, I think they're a team again. That's they're three and four. They've had some hard luck. They got kind of not really lucky, but Kyler Murray in that comeback against the Raiders, as I mentioned. But I think they're going to be give the Rams a tough time. Again, it looks like they improved yesterday. It's almost like they got a player like Christian McCaffrey by getting DeAndre Hopkins back, even though he was on the team missing those first six games. I think the Rams could possibly finish in third place in the NFC West. And we've seen it a few times over the years where the team that wins or loses the Super Bowl sometimes doesn't even make the playoffs the next year. I don't know what the number is now, but it's a lot higher than people would think. And uh, I think it might happen this year with the way Arizona and the Niners look a lot better today than they did yesterday morning at this time. Yeah, coming up next month, the Cardinals face the Rams, 49ers, and Chargers all in a row. So we'll see how they, uh, you know, see how they survive that. They got the Vikings, who are having a wonderful season. They got the Vikings next week, 
and you never know what's going to happen with the Seahawks playing at home. So I don't know that I put them in the playoffs today. I'm going to wait a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll find out. It's 617 here with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. What is going on with Honolulu? With the uh, I was going to say Honolulu Stadium. What is going on with Honolulu Stadium? They've got way too many termites. Uh, what's going on with the Aloha Stadium? Are we ever going to see this thing built? We'll talk about that coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. It's the Bobby Curran Show on the International Day of the Nacho. Yes, we're going to celebrate the nacho. And that's nacho cheese. I've heard that saying, that's nacho wife. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's horrible. All right, uh, we're the, the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Good job, Dave Reardon. Honolulu Star Advertiser. Um, <laughs> headline reads, Attorney General urges cooperation on stadium issue. So here's the deal. And I'm just going to, and again, you can see the article on the uh, B1, uh, the B section of the Star Advertiser today. The state, here's the, here's, and this is great the way Dave laid this out. The stadium authority owns the land under the existing Aloha Stadium. The, The stadium authority owns that. DBED, the Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism, they've got $350 million from the legislator to build this, uh, to build the stadium. So DBED has the money. The stadium authority has the land. Yet they cannot construct anything until they decide who's pulling the strings, who's in charge. This is crazy. This thing is never—it's never going to be built. I am not surprised. I mean, it's one thing after the other. It's beyond. But not like this. This is even. This is a. This is a new low. They can make a this TV is Kyler movie Murray low. Yeah, okay. They could make a TV movie out of this, and you might not believe that it could possibly happen. Also, today is October 21st. I thought the governor was going to let us know about his plan three weeks after that email leaked out. Nothing there. It just gets worse and worse. And I have jokingly said a week or so ago the rail will be open before the new stadium. I don't think that's a joke anymore. I have more confidence in the rail because at least they they have a rail that's out running the other night. Again, like you see all the time. I, and this is just I mean, 2027. We're supposed to get a new stadium. We've been fooled before on this. I don't, I, I'm not going to get fooled again. I'm not going to believe it till it actually opens. Even when they knock it down. And another point you had brought up recently. I've been talking to people, and they agree. Why don't they just demolish the existing stadium now? Why are they waiting? It's not going to be used again. Why not save some time? That would save time, I would imagine, in constructing a new stadium, getting that part out of the way. And there's just so many things that make you so frustrated about this situation. And today's news and that article by Dave, it's wow. I mean, again, but in a way, I'm not shocked. I'm looking at this. $20 million of our state funds have been used for three years now. 
they've been working on this public-private partnership model for NASID, the New, Inter- uh, New Aloha Stadium Entertainment District. That would be the stadium and surrounding uh, things around it. So they've already spent $20 million in three years planning this and using consultants and everything like that. The governor, who's on his way out, says, nah, let's scrap this. I'm going to scrap that whole thing. Glenn Wakai, who is, uh, Gary publicly has noted that that's his favorite politician. Glenn Wakai, the guy who is part of the delay, is now politicking in the meetings saying, Mr. McCartney, can't you just get, I'm paraphrasing, can't you just get this done? Can't you guys work together? Wakai was part of the problem. Okay, but right now, why is that something wrong to say yesterday? What? Like you, you, you seem like you're not happy. Oh, with what... I, 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 I understand that, but, but you're, you're part of the problem as well, is what I'm saying. You're part of the delay in writing the bill. Kaika Hele is part of the problem. <laughs> Actually, it's not. But he was the one. I believe it was Kaika. No, it wasn't Kaika Hele. Who was it that that saw it? And it was him, I no, believe. Well, when you have a congressman and a state senator, they're not working on stuff together. So, anyway. Um, I can't be. I can't understand. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the the governor's got to know something that we don't. Hey, you know what? Let's scrap this whole thing, and and it'll be a lot faster. He says it's going to be faster by having a um, uh, having this go public. So. Nobody seems to agree with that. But I guess the, the point of this whole conversation is we're not going to get anywhere because you have a couple of babies. You have a couple of babies deciding, well, I want to be the boss of it. No, I want to be the boss of it. I got the money. Where are you going to build it? I got the land. So is the governor now going to say, hey, you know what? We're not going to build it on their land. I'm going to go out in some state land out in Kapolei or Eva and build it out there. I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm going to take my money and build it somewhere else. I wonder if these he are, do These are guys that we elected. And he's going to be out of office, I think, in less than eight weeks now. So I'm not sure if he would be able to get something like that even accomplished. And even whatever he's going to try to accomplish before he leaves office, we would like to know about it. But the new governor, I would imagine, doesn't have to abide by that. If he said, And again, one of the things about maybe getting it done faster is not having the housing and the entertainment area built at the same time which I think we heard previously would be. So that maybe would make the stadium a little quicker, just constructing one venue as opposed to a few more. But it's I, I don't believe any – not that I don't believe – I don't trust anything he says now. Because, again, we heard three weeks, nothing. And the fact that whatever he does say at mandates doesn't have to be fil- or followed by the next governor necessarily. So it's almost like yeah, so, why do so, anything? Well, so that's another delay. There's yeah. another delay. But he he made a delay when he stopped everything a month ago, and I, and wasted twenty million dollars. Yeah, so I don't understand that, and it's just in itself. What, now, what's now, more? if but if what he did is going to save more than twenty million dollars, then you got to pass. Yeah, sure. So yeah. I don't understand. Now he's come out and said what he's going to do. You know, when he said in three weeks, he he just didn't give us anybody any details. So he came out and said. You know, a couple of days later, you'll remember, I want this to be, to go in this direction. 
But what we're waiting for are the details. That yeah, that's part of it. And I, again, I think one of the things he part of what? Of what we're waiting for, what he's going to say. I mean, I think he's got to give details and make more details as far as not only who's going to do it, but even dates and a lot of more, a lot more specifics. I think one of the things we did here again back then, a month ago or so, was again no no housing right now, affordable housing or the entertainment area. I think that's probably a smart move. I think it would just make the stadium delayed even longer with all that construction supposedly opening up around the same time as opposed to just building a stadium. And we're already going to look at four or five years from now anyway. Snapdragon Stadium, we talked about it a few times, two years from when they broke ground. But I think the one key is they broke ground. We're not, I don't think anywhere near that. And we've kept here, we, we've kept hearing different dates. And December was the last one we heard when they would definitely break ground. And that's not going to happen. Yeah, and um, somebody texted in and said they're not built, breaking, they're not uh, demolishing the stadium because they need it for the swap meet. You could demolish the stadium and have the swap meet on the lower level across the bridge. You can have the swap meet down there, or you could build a start building a stadium there. I right. don't know. It's it's um, <laughs> the, the looking at this the, this back and forth here at this meeting. I can't believe I want to read some comments. Uh, from some of the star advertiser, um, from some of the star advertiser uh, readers, because sometimes those guys got great comments. You know, in uh, other news, and uh, uh, David Lasner, you know, had comments on this. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things I thought was interesting is what David Lasner said is that for next year they're hoping to get at least fifteen thousand seats. When we heard seventeen thousand, that was one of the things. I know he's talking about the jumbotron getting it over to the TC Chain complex as well. Uh, I, I thought those were again. I thought it was going to be seventeen thousand seats. I thought that was already stated by David Matlin. And as far as the jumbotron, I thought that was. It, it didn't make it didn't, his quotes. And I don't have it in front of me, but his quote didn't make me feel as guaranteed that it was going to be there next year for the jumbotron. For the jumbotron, the scoreboard for the, from Aloha Stadium to TC Chain. I think I think that is something that really needs to be done. That they've got to get something like that in there one way or the other that's one of the things about yeah. the experience the only thing i really don't like at tc Ching is the scoreboard it's hard to see from a lot of areas there are a lot of people have complained about that mm. people in the media or oh, fans fans so uh, fans that sit on that side of the stadium yeah so half the stadium can see it yeah and maybe a, a quarter of the stadium can't that's definite yes and i think part of it also to be honest if you're not even if you can't see it but you're from a distance it's blurry Oh, I want, it's, it's it's not easy to read, I guess. It's, you know, that's one, maybe blurry is the wrong word, but I've had a few people tell me that as well. Is maybe it blurry or not? Well, it's hard to read. I think somebody actually used the word blurry, so, yeah. Somebody commented on that. I, I mean, if you're from... I've a, seen the a, scoreboard. Did it get blurrier this year than it was last year? I, I could read it no, fine it, last it's year. No, but it's hard to read some of the numbers when you're looking at the score, uh, what down and things like that, oh. when it is on there. It's, if you're not right near there, I can see that it's not easy to read. Like if you're across from the field, if you're on the visitor's side, you get to see the scoreboard. Everywhere the right. visitor's side has – it's right. hard to see what the numbers are when you're on the visitor's side. It's hard to see the numbers because yeah. they're small? Yeah. There's not – oh, they're small. They're yeah. not blurry. Well, there's, I, I, there's not I, I, enough pixels? I, yeah, something like that. Not high def. Okay. So. I know, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. They should just, I mean, just build a scoreboard like they do at the Boston Red Sox where somebody puts a block up. And they, <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, you know, put the put the students to work. Yeah, I like that idea. That would like be that classic. Idea. What, I'm, what I wanted to get at was yesterday, 
the comment was uh, the comment from the president of UH, David uh, Lassner. It's not in this column, but I saw it. Some I don't know where I saw it, but oh, it was in reply. The board of regents had a meeting, so I guess his comments after that were, "We're going to play at TC Ching Field for the foreseeable future." To me, foreseeable future means a really long time. That was my first hit. Anyway, we can get more into this. Take your comments on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Um, we've got a lot more to go over on UH football. Mark Veneri is going to join us next. And uh, I want to tell you about our friends at Dixie Grill in IAEA. Of course, that's your new home for Monday night football. 32-ounce Bud Lights for just 6 bucks. They actually turn the volume up so you can hear the game. How about that? I like that. That's an innovative idea. Uh, but go on down to Dixie Grill. It's a good, fun place to watch football. Good, fun people, too. But also, going on right now at Dixie Grill for a limited time, it is Crab Fest. Crab Fest was gone during the pandemic, and it's been away for a couple of years. But Crab Fest is back. Whether you want crab, you're in the mood for crab platters, um, uh, Pacific Northwest Dungeness crab, Alaskan snow crab, Alaskan king crab. You've got crab sandwiches. Soft. Uh, this is really good. I've heard. I haven't had it. The soft shell crab and bacon sandwich. Uh, crab cake burgers. It's Crab Fest. Crabby Crab Crab. Dixie Grill in IAEA. Put some south in your mouth. I want to say congratulations to uh, Wailua, the, the Wailua girls volleyball team. I, this is old news already, but they won their first ever state championship, Division uh, Two Division state champs. And uh, there were I, I watched a replay. OIA championship. What did I say, state? State, yeah. Sorry, OIA uh, uh, championship. I was watching, uh, um, is it X-Cast? Is that what I'm watching when I'm watching high school Sports? A lot of sports are on XCast. Some are on you know, okay. regular Spectrum Channel 12. Okay. So anyway, so I was watching uh, uh, Felipe, and uh, what a great job. What a pro that guy is. That guy's not going to come off in, uh, off the mic and tell his <laughs> producer to calm the F down. Probably not. But uh, anyway, so I'm watching that. It was so cute. I love, I love girls' sports just because they just seem to have more fun. When Spectrum is, is you know, they, they have a close-up during the introductions of all the girls – not one girl on either team, Kailua or Wailua, could refrain from giggling wildly when the camera went on them. I loved it. It was so cute. It was, it was in a word, precious. That was awesome. All right, let's get uh, to some UH football. Joining us on the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia, Sia and Akia, it is Mark Veneri. Hey, Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, Mark. Thanks for coming on with us. I know you're in Fort Collins already, you and John. And when we've watched this football team over the last few weeks, we've seen areas (laughs) of improvement, basically every area. What do you think the team needs to do, starting tomorrow at least, with continuing to improve week by week? Um, I think the first – excuse me. Excuse me, guys. I apologize. Yeah, that's fine. Ah, I got to get it out. 
cold. He's up all night smoking cigars. No, 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 no. I was not. Um, I was up all night. Um, being woken up by a baby uh, behind us in the airplane. So, oh, um, not too much, not too much sleep, but that's okay. Oh, but, sorry. Um, was it John? Was it? He said a baby. Yes, it was John. You know, I mean, John can. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but you know, this football team. You know, this football team. I think in 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 order to take that next step, I, I just thinking in development wise is. You know, just still improving on all facets. I mean, if you look at the run, run defense has been locked down. Uh, first time, I think we've mentioned this uh, a couple of times before, uh, you know, with Hawaii stopping uh, in back-to-back weeks, 200 yards uh, to less than 100 yards rushing on the defensive side and continue to get better defensively. Um, and then on the, on the passing game, I'd like to see a little bit more uh, eclipse about the 250, the 250-yard mark right around there with about 65 to 70% completion percentage. I think right now that's kind of the lack of um, what's been missing. Yes, we have guys stepping up in terms of Zion Bowen's quality issue guy, um, our run game solid, but it, it, we go through lulls, and there was a point in the lull in the game where I think Braden Shager was like two for 13, um, where I'd like to see more efficiency out of our passing game uh, yeah. as we move forward. It's interesting that you say that in today's Star Advertiser, Stephen Sai has an article, and one of the things he talks about is that Tuesday and Wednesday at the end of practice, Braden Shager went from the practice field to T.C. Chang because Timmy Chang wanted to expand on the vertical game. And it kind of leads to what you're saying. We've seen Zion do it two games in a row where he gets that long touchdown pass. We've seen a couple of other deep passes. Not a ton like we might have been accustomed to with the old run and shoot. But I think what Timmy was doing is getting Braden Shager to expand in that area. And hopefully we'll see more of that tomorrow. Well, because, I mean, with the ability to have, you know, Jalen Waddle and also Zion Bowen. You know, one of the things, you know, I, I tell people this. I'm a, I'm a film room junkie. I love to watch film. I Braden, I think what the thing that Timmy was working with him on is understanding when to release, when understanding when to get rid of the ball. If you watch Braden Shager in the pocket, he takes a little long in going through progression, and that's normal when you're learning the run and shoot. So understanding what his progression and reads are, I think if he lets go of it quicker, it will allow him to expand his vertical passing game because what he's doing is that he'll see it and then he just won't pull the trigger until a little bit too late. Um, and, and that's the thing that may be hurting him. If he gets rid of it quicker and understands, you know, that real bit faster, I think he'll be a lot more on point as weeks move on. Mark Denary joining us here in the Bobby Curran Show at ESPN Honolulu via the, via the Aloha Kia Hotline talking UH football kickoff at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Countdown to kickoff at 8 a.m. on ESPN Honolulu. You know, I thought, for me at least, you know, you get to see them every week. You've been on the road trips to San Diego State, New Mexico State. From Saturday night against Nevada compared to Duquesne a month earlier, I thought he showed improvement in those areas. I thought he had a quicker release. I thought the ball had a lot more zip on it. So, at least for not seeing in a month, that showed at least to some of the fans, I think, as well. I also want to ask you, Mark, about Koenichigaya. What does it say about him that he's in the starting lineup? I mean, he missed all the season, where Zion Bowen, you know, played a lot last year and played, you know, half of the first game. Where Koa comes in, and now Dior Scott not starting, I don't think it matters maybe a whole lot, because all the receivers are going to get 
looks they're going to get playing time and reps. But to have him as a starter, does that show how much of his knowledge of the run and shoot is so important for this offense? Well, not only not only not only knowledge, it's it's more so his work ethic. And what goes beyond beyond anything else like that? Yes, knowledge and understanding the offense is critical, uh, especially in the run and shoot with Kuala Nishigaya. But one of the things for him, he's he's not a showboat guy, and not to say that Dior Scott is, um, but Kuali's very to himself. He's a very hard worker. Um, understand what uh, understanding what he needs to do, um, and gets the job done. And not only that, he runs crisp routes. And when you understand zone coverage. Um, and you understand the coverages because you've done it time and time and time uh, time again, repetition creates habit, right? So if you continue to understand everything within the offense, uh, a guy like Kuala Nishikaya starting this week is not surprising moving forward. And I could see guys getting more comfortable um, as the time goes on in the offense. And um, I know they've been spending a lot of time in the film room, and I know they've been spending a lot of time after practice uh, in getting these route concepts down. Mark, in the beginning of the season, we know Diedrich Parsons starting running back, but Najee Bryant-Lalay really was the number two running back. We kind of saw a lot of him, or enough of him more than Tylen Hines. And I think Tylen Hines was good at the start, and he's mainly the second running back now. Is it a result of Ty Hines' success and Diedrich Parsons' numbers and everything he gets that why we're not seeing Lalay almost at all of these games now? Well, Lele is a heck of a runner. It's just he's more north-south. So a lot of what he does is he's a one-cut-and-go guy where he's going to find that hole and he's going to explode the hole and not make many people miss because he's more of that power back. Where you have Tylen Hines in the backfield where, I mean, we saw a couple of carries uh, last week where he just looked shifty. He looked quick out of the backfield. And when he goes, when he decides to go, I mean, his explosiveness is uh, tremendous out of the backfield. And then I think Dietrich Parson, uh, Parson has finally found a rhythm uh, within the offense. His best rushing game uh, this season against Nevada, he looked patient. Um, obviously, there's no question in his strength. But yeah. that's that's the key in this whole thing is – the with the run and shoot, the run is uh, if people forget, Hawaii had two thousand yard rushers in Nate Ilao and Alex Green within the run and shoot. It is the run and shoot for a reason. You got to establish uh, that run game because because it, it becomes so deadly within the offense. Now, if our passing game could catch up to our running game, um, I, I, I just think it, things would click a little bit more in terms of. Uh, how we're doing moving forward in um, the whole run and shoot concept type of view, I guess you could say. Well, last two weeks have been a lot better. Defense holding opponents of 16 points. We uh, look forward to the game tomorrow in Fort Collins. You and your brother John at 10 a.m. is kickoff. We'll have hear from you about 9.50. Count down the kickoff at 8. Mark, thanks again for joining us today. Have a great broadcast. Hopefully you'll be announcing another win. And you get some I hope so. Hey, yeah, I was, um, I was, I set my alarm because I knew you guys were calling. I took a 45-minute nap, and now we're off to practice. Uh, it's 58 degrees right now, so um, it's a little cool, uh, to be nice. honest. So nice. we're headed out. Right on, brother. Yeah, Thank you, nice. Mark. Thanks, Mark. All right, you guys. Take care. All right, man. That's uh, Mark Veneri of the, uh, the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, you know a guy. And uh, speaking of football viewing, 
We invite you to join the gang down at um, uh, Big City Diner in Kailua. Yep, Josh Pacheco and Arnold Martinez will be there at 8 a.m. for a countdown to kick off live on location. Uh, you can enjoy Mega Modelo's 25-ounce Modelo drafts for 7 bucks. A lot of prizes to give away, football tickets. Uh, you can enter to win a trip for two to vacation uh, to Las Vegas from Vacations Hawaii. And uh, all this brought to you by Paradise Beverages. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Let's check the traffic now. Talked a little earlier in the show about the Rainbow Wahine picked first in the preseason poll for the Big West. They will start their season. Wahine basketball game. team. They, they start their season coming up November 1st with an exhibition game, so even earlier than the men. And they were picked first, as we said earlier. And I know it's just a preseason poll. I wasn't sure what to expect with the loss of Amy Atwell. Then you kind of remember, if you ever forgot, that they have four starters coming back. And to replace Amy, I'm not sure if anybody can really fill exactly – what she brought to this team over her career here. But you do have the reigning Big West Freshman of the Year, Big West Freshman player. She was at Fullerton, but Iolani grad, Lily Wahini uh, Kapu. And what? She was Lily Wahini Kapu? Well, yes. <laughs> She's on the team and the sophomore guard. She's going to be the, the other starter. And averaging 14 points last week, again, it's not Amy Atwell numbers. Maybe it's probably really close. But I think she can be a player that can help this team hopefully go back to the Big West Championship. There's so much talent on this team. And, again, as important as Amy was, I don't think she was the leading scorer in at least two of the Big West tournament games. And that's fine. You know, they keyed on her all three games, and she had some really big moments, really big halves that really brought this team into winning the championship. But other players have really stepped up. This is going to be another really good basketball team. And the poll, to me, just reminded me of it. It doesn't guarantee anything. It just shows the respect they get around the league and how good they were. It's also interesting. Hawaii first in the women's poll, Santa Barbara second. In the men's poll, it's Santa Barbara men first and Hawaii men second. So mm-hmm. Hawaii and Santa Barbara are getting a lot of respect and preseason hype. I'm really looking forward to this team getting on the court and they have a tough game a tough schedule stanford will be coming in in november number two in the country in the preseason poll that's going to be a a great day of basketball i'm sure there'll be a great crowd for that but this team i don't think it was a one-year run you know they won it in 2016 and they were able to get to maybe some nits but they haven't gotten back to the ncaa since then this is i don't think a one-year deal i think and again not knowing a ton about the other team but knowing the players that are back on this team that won, again, both the regular season and tournament, and you add Lily, I think this team has a chance to be a first-place team. And that would be saying a lot to go to back-to-back NCAA tournaments if it were to happen for Laura Beeman's team this year. And I think they got enough talent, but hopefully they can do it. All right. And uh, coming up, we've got some top stories going on. Uh, reaction to uh, Thursday night football, Kristen McCaffrey has just won the San Francisco 49ers the Super Bowl. That and more coming up on ESPN Honolulu.
Happy Aloha Friday. We're the sports animals. UH soccer coach Michelle Nagamide joins us uh, this hour as we uh, get into what's on deck for the Rainbow Wahine. One of our top stories is they beat Riverside yesterday 2-1. to one. It was a meaningful victory. Very important victory with two games remaining on the regular season schedule. The top six qualify for the Big West Tournament. You get three points for a win. With getting the three points last night, they're now in a tie for fifth place. So they kind of control their own destiny. I'm not sure what the tiebreakers might be. We'll ask uh, Coach Bud about it later on, but that was a really important win. Senior day on Sunday. I'm hoping it's a nice crowd because last year there was no senior day. It got canceled like a day or two before because oh, of yeah. COVID. So they have nine seniors this year. Kelsey Samita going to be graduating, a lot of others. And uh, it'll be great to get a win. I'm sure the fans can help in that area and get that win to hopefully get another point or two on the road and point or three and go to the Big West Tournament. They've gone to one a couple years ago, but it's not as easy as you might think to get in. And this team is right on the cusp. All right. The um, Okay, so Hawaii is 6-4, and 6-4-3 four, four and three overall. Three wins, two losses and three ties in the Big West. Man, if those ties were victories, we'd be we'd be number one? Well, if you, I don't really think you'd be number one, but let's say you even got one or two of those, one tie to be, be a victory. That's another two points right there. I imagine, I don't have the standings in front of me, but you'd probably move up another spot or two. You know, the three points yeah. versus the one point for each tie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, it's uh, uh, such an improvement this year over last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they have nine seniors because I know some of their younger players have really been doing well for this team and really helping out this season. But, yeah, it seemed like their defense has been great. Goalkeeping has been really good. Uh, goals against has been kept at a minimum. They played shorthanded yesterday. Somebody got ejected. Uh, the two yellow cards. And uh, this team is really doing well. And I just they're so close. I really hope they get in. But, again, it's nice to control your own destiny as opposed to relying on others. Yeah. I, I see them do it. Con- yeah. Um, uh, as we mentioned, Rainbow Wahine basketball team is picked number one. Also, uh, we got some individual honor as well, an individual honor. Yeah, for the Rainbow Wahine basketball team, newcomer. Last year, it's freshman of the year from Iolani and Cal State Fulton for a freshman year at Lily Wahine Kapu is the first team all Big West selection. And that's great. This just shows how good she is. Her sister will be on this team this year as well. This team, hope again, I think this is going to be a really good season. It'd be great to go to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. And this program is just built long-term, not just for that one-year window that some teams might get. And uh, losing Amy Atwell is going to hurt, but Lily comes in and four returning starters. So this team is uh, going to show people how good they are in the ter- conference. But again, Stanford coming up in November. That, I think, is going to be a great game. It's on a Sunday afternoon, and you don't always get a top two or three team in the country coming here, but it seems like this team always has at least one or two marquee matchups, and this year you do get the number two team. All right, and in an article by Dave Reardon in the uh, Star Advertiser, it looks like uh, I'm guessing this new stadium is never going to be built. <laughs> well, you know what? I think it'll start moving forward when a new, in either direction. I don't care. I don't care if it's a public partner partnership, if it's a stadium only, if it's a stadium entertainment district, whatever it is, somebody please start building this thing. Because now, basically, and Dave writes it, he puts it very well, D-Bed has, has $350 million in their wallet. So they got $350 million. The stadium authority owns the land where the stadium is supposed to be built. But they can't agree on who's in charge. 
So we sit and we sit and we sit and we wait. This is Hawaii's local government in action. This is this is how we do it in the state of Hawaii. Egos or control or whatever. We're not thinking about the people. We're not thinking about anything down the road. All we're thinking about is ourselves. And they might say, oh, we're thinking about the people because we want to. Look, you spent three years now studying the thing, and it's cost us $20 million. You don't care about us. You only care about yourself. What happens, a couple of thoughts come to mind. What happens if Duke Iona is elected governor? I'm not taking sides at all, but he's a guy who has said he would like to keep the stadium on campus and is kind of opposed to a new stadium, where Josh Green, I guess, has said the opposite. I wonder, again, just saying if he's elected as far as the stadium is concerned, if he really, especially with all these delays and all this, I'm just trying to think of the right word to explain how I feel about it. Again, it's just frustrating. That's the first thought to me is frustrating because it's just getting delayed and delayed, and I just, I've lost trust in a lot of people saying things that aren't going to really necessarily happen because we've seen kind of promises and dates and things like that, and none of it has been kept. So I wonder if – well breaking ground on the new stadium. We've heard it three times now from Glenn Wakai on this show when they were going to break ground on a new stadium. The last one we heard, it was like in January or February of this year. Beginning of the year was going to be December. And it was kind of, I mean, I, I, I know it's, well, you can say it's his fault or not his fault on this. I don't think it is on this situation. But he kind of guaranteed it. This one, it was going to happen. So that's why I, I lose trust in anything that's said when the government right. comes well, out. Well, you can't – okay, the reason this delay is happening isn't Glenn Wakai's I know. fault. Yeah, not this time. Okay, okay. yeah. Right, okay. So, yeah, I mean, what was his fault was the initial one-year delay on having the bill go through because he didn't proofread or whatever it was. I mean, okay. listen to what we're saying. Listen to what we're talking about. These are the guys who are like, hey, th- let's, let, let's vote for this guy because he used to be on TV. Let's. I mean, who, look at all the poli- look at everyone in the state senate or the the state house. It's like a prerequisite that you have to be a television reporter so that people know your face. Then they will put you into office. That's who we've got: a bunch of part-time TV reporters running the state. It's horrible. <laughs> Let's vote for him. Keep voting for them. Keep voting for this guy because things are going so well, aren't they? Wow! Look at me. I'm all angry. I'm all fired up. Well, well stated, though. And, and again, just that, that's the reason I don't have trust in this project. I, I, I have a feeling it'll get done at some point, but I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even joking now when I say that. I, I don't believe the dates of 26, 27. No, and of course again, not. I wouldn't be shocked if at some point in the very near future, next few months, they're going to say, hey, we're just going to somehow build a 30,000-seat stadium on campus. Forget about NASA. Well, forget about Kalava. And I wouldn't be shocked. I say. I say take that $350 million, give it to the University of Hawaii, and in a couple of years they'll have a new, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a real stadium. I think we both well, I mean, like the, it. For the, some... the minimum you're allowed to have to be in Division One is 15000 or that's 15000 in attendance. Over a two-year rolling period, yeah. No, that's 15000 in attendance. So... Uh, it's the difference between 15,000 seats. I think it's, I think, I think it's a, well, 15,000 tickets. Wrong. It's 15,000, well, tickets, okay. Yeah, okay. 15,000 yeah, yeah. tickets need to be sold. That's what needs to happen. That's what I'm saying. Same that I'm saying attendance, you're saying tickets sold. To me, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not how many seats is what I'm saying. It's, it's so, you know, I mean, say you build a 20,000 seat stadium. 
Oh, Chris, what are you talking about? You should be thinking big. I'm thinking I want something done in the next 10 years. That's what I'm thinking. At this point, we want, where was everybody who argued we need a 50,000-seat stadium? Where did they go? I'm quiet where did you now. Go? I, I, I right. do think that. I think if you ever wanted to get a Pro Bowl or maybe some major acts like concerts, <laughs> you needed 50,000. No, you and don't. That's not going. that's not the deal anymore. No, I think things have changed in a lot of ways, and I think 35,000 does make more sense. I think, but, I think, I think at this point, 25,000 makes sense. Just to make 25,000, 25,000, and maybe you can expand it, right? Yeah. At, at Snapdragon Stadium, I don't know what it is, 30,000, 35,000, whatever it is, but they can expand it to 40,000. Think in those terms. Think I, I like, in those I think, terms. I think that's fine, too. Again, I, I, I used to think 50, now I think 25, 30, somewhere in there. With everything, like the demand and everything we have now, I think that would be enough. But, again, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happens uh the near future and part of me wants that to happen I, again i think I like the atmosphere there i know again i mentioned the scoreboard earlier it's not a perfect venue but I, I like a lot of things about it and a lot of it is having the students there the atmosphere is way better to me than aloha stadium for the most part if you're going to get fifty thousand against boise or washington well that's different but if you're going to get twenty thousand against usc let's say or washington i almost rather have fifteen thousand i definitely rather have fifteen thousand on campus Again, with just, the students and everything, it's so much better. I just thought of something. I, I really, seriously, why why are we so upset? Why are you and I so upset about this? Because we're, we should be. Look, the, the point is, it's not going to be built during our lifetime. So what do we care? Just play on campus. It is what it is. We have a campus on stadium, and for the foreseeable future, the president says we're going to play on campus. So we're wishing for something that our grandkids can enjoy, I guess. I, I might with normally the polar say ice cap, With the polar ice caps melting and the, <laughs> the coral in the ocean is going to be uninhabitable in seven years. I mean, Earth's not going to be here by the time this thing is done. I think, hopefully you're far off on that. but Yeah, I, I hope so, too. <laughs> no, I hope so, too. But what I'm getting at is we could be – we shouldn't let this get your blood pressure up. You shouldn't leave, lose sleep because this is exactly what our parents talked about years ago, whether it was – whatever. I mean, everything here is just really backwards. To me, everything couple... Everything takes forever – Yep. Uh, you constantly have people, uh, uh, politicians, who are stealing, embezzling, using uh, their campaign funds for their own use. It goes on year after year after year. And, hey, let's vote him in because he looks familiar to me. That's the best way to do it. If you were on TV, you could get voted in, but you're on radio, so people just get to hear you. You know, one thing that <laughs> comes to mind also Snapdragon Stadium took two years to construct from when they broke ground, I believe. Two years, give or take a month or so. I right. wonder what the day – I don't have a feeling that whenever they finally break ground in 2030 or so, I don't. Th I have a feeling it would be longer than two years. And that's just one thing that is frustrating. I'm, I don't lose sleep over it, but it's, at first it was almost a joke. You know, it's funny, hey, we got delayed, ha-ha, we're going to get a great stadium, but something happened. With the delay <laughs> after delay after delay, it's frustrating. And I do talk to a lot of fans these days being at games and just out and about more so than during the COVID years. And it's just people are really frustrated. I call the coach, that's kind of a hot topic when I see some of the fans down there. They want to know about the new stadium, and they're frustrated about it. They don't have faith either. 
But well, the few that yeah, I talked to, at least. It's it's. I think that the complaint that I hear is that people are they feel because we were spoiled with Aloha Stadium, the stadium seat, the the, you know, everyone has your own seat and an armrest and a cup holder, and now you're you know you got kind of a UNLV setup. Sam Boyd Stadium set up. And people are, and um, I don't know because I don't have a seat. When I go to the game, I have to stand up in the back and watch. But um, people are complaining that they didn't complain so much last year because it wasn't sold out, right? Yes, COVID and all of that. You had a few people. But, uh, you know, your your knees might be in the, you know, uh, you might be uh, your knees touching the back of the person in front of you. They feel squished. And it's like... um, it's like parking stalls in office buildings in Hawaii, right? I mean, they're being greedy. That's exactly what those guys are, <laughs> greedy. Let's stick as many as we can. You know, you're not be able to get in your car or leave without, your, you know, the guy's door smashing into your car. The only people who do it right is Costco. Costco, it's, if you have to choose between Sam's Club and Costco, you got to go to Costco. They have big parking spaces. They do have big it's crazy. Spaces. They're the only per- people who get it. I'm going. I'm keep going off on these tangents. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. You're making sense. I like what you're saying. You're totally uh, right. Anyway, but I, I think you have to loosen up a little. I mean, I know you need to seat nine thousand people, but maybe when they do the expansion, I mean, if you got a, if you you know have a butt the size of mine, you got to buy two seats. It's one of the things with the new stadium, and I was talking to our good friend Alan before the game on Saturday. Uh, Alan? I don't know who that is. You don't know your friend Alan? Who that our Alan Matson? okay. Yeah, Alan Matson. Uh, yes. He, uh, we were both in agreement that whenever they do open up the new stadium, we hope they do it right and don't try to cut corners where, you know, you're not going to have as many bathrooms as an example. You make the seats one or two inches shorter, smaller, than you might just to fit whatever amount of seat, 35,000 or see, little... but you're, I understand what you, you're saying, but I think that, you know, you might, if you, <laughs> I wonder if this doesn't, I guess UH wouldn't want us here to say this is, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy season tickets, but I'm going to buy three seats instead of two so I can sit comfortably. Yeah, things like that. We don't have an escalator as opposed to having to walk upstairs and things like that. You know, some of the things that modern stadiums have, you know. Well, I mean, but they're also, this is Hawaii. We don't got no money. And if you want an escalator and things that modern stadiums have, okay, put another couple of years on the construction. They got to move, you, and they got to move now. But if you're going to do it, do it right. That would that would be – I can't imagine any new stadium in this country being built with more than one level that doesn't have an escalator. And I've, we've heard many really? fans – you've heard people talk – yeah, we've heard fans talk about that. They, don't, they, they wish for it at Aloha Stadium. They hate having to walk up and stuff like there that. There was an escalator at Aloha Stadium, but it was um, it was like from the second floor down or something. It, from it the concourse the, down, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't take you all the way. Oh, it was only going down, not up? It was going down. No, it would up, go it? up, but it was from the yeah. concourse down below, not going up from the concourse. I remember because one time it was it, it broke down, and I was stuck on the middle of it. I had to wait on the escalator for hours till somebody rescued us. Why didn't you just walk up? <laughs> that was the joke. Oh, I thought you were serious. <laughs> 17 minutes after the hour, we'll take your calls and texts at 808-296-1420. Coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> Got 
Taking your calls and texts on this Aloha Friday at 808-296-1420. Coach Michelle Nagamine is going to be joining us in less than 15 minutes. We'll also uh, check your surf coming up momentarily as well. Matt's been holding on the phone. Matt, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Pause, pause, What's up, Chris? Pause. Hey, I just want to say real quick, uh, God bless you and keep keep the fight going, man. Don't stop. It's, you're totally right. It's irritating. Um, you know, they can give each other raises, but they can't build a freaking stadium. But <laughs> don't don't stop. Seriously, dude. I, I'm I, – God bless you, dude. Anyway, bye. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for holding on. And uh, I, I wonder if people agree with me. If you're a TV, former TV reporter, you either go into politics and you get elected because everyone knows your face, or you uh, you're you're a, a spokesperson for someone. Look at for a lot the, of spokesperson, a lot of them. For the board of you know, a board of water supply is a radio guy. Our pal Wayne Maria. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm trying to think of uh, Dan Meisenzall, University of Hawaii. Yes. Right. Um, the, the, the spokespeople are littered with former TV guys. Definitely. But Hey, you know what? I don't blame them. You get better hours. How many former, how many former Miss Hawaii's have been like weather reporters on the news too? Quite a few, right? I think one. I can think of two. Well, at least Who? Trini Kapu. Okay, well, Olena Ho, I believe, H-E-U. She was a Miss Hawaii, right? <laughs> How long have you lived in Hawaii? I, I have no idea. I don't follow she, it that closely. Was. I don't follow, okay. not like I follow it closely and I'm reading up on it. And I believe Malika Dudley was either a, either a former Miss Hawaii or a Miss Hawaii <laughs> finalist and contestant. I think she won it, actually, too. And there's been, I think, I one know. or two others. I don't, I don't keep track. I, um, I'm not a Dancing with the Stars Former I don't think Miss you have Hawaii to watch. I don't think guy. you have to like Dancing with the Stars to know about you know who the weather people are, the news, and what their background is. Back to the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, talking about this actually. Okay, <laughs> this actually started six years ago. Stadium. Let's put Keith Amamiya in charge of the stadium, and then the texter says, "Can UH plan to have a thirty thousand seat stadium on campus?" Let the state do whatever they want. I agree with the atmosphere is great on campus. Uh, and then uh, finally, it took Colorado State two years to build their stadium. And from what I understand, it's beautiful. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about that place as well. Vote Chris Hart Governor 2026. Sorry, can't be in politics. I was never on TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next texter, what UH sports and football really needs is super rich alumni to donate to sports teams like USC and Alabama. Yeah, that's That'd be true. Nice. You know, we got a great law school. We got great, you know, when it comes to marine biology, of course, naturally and all of that kind of stuff. Got a great business school, great law school. The journalism school is very marginal. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tanner Hayworth to Is Tanner Hayworth there? I I caught it. I can't hear Tanner's not saying anything. I'm joking. I know nothing about the. I'm sure that I'm sure the journalism school is fine, especially when Stephen Sy was there. Yes. But uh, yeah, no. But the, seriously, great law school, great business school, uh, marine biologist, a great college. Uh, let's see. You're a mayor who knows. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, texter, can you guys write full words? It's not that hard. Okay, you're 
you are, a mayor who you, you, guys like, is a former TV guy. Yeah, he's been on TV. Oh, but he's been on TV, like, as a, a announcer for sports. Yes. Um, do we like Rick Langiardi? Of course. Last time I saw him, he slapped me in the face. So I'm on the fence on that one right now. I think a lot of people that you know like to slap, want me, to in the slap face. me in the face. But he <laughs> actually did one. it. He actually did it. He can get away with it. Oh, here's do? one. Larry Beal for governor. Get Larry Beal on the show. I think Larry's tiring of being on the show. I think we, we, we I think we're giving Larry a little bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, go animals. Keep the pressure on regarding the stadium issue. You know, it would be great if somebody actually listened to the show, and that way we could apply pressure. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, I, I, oh, I didn't know. Okay, here's good text here. Also needed in the stand, sheriff, are handrails in the stands. It's an accident waiting to happen. All areas have handrails made of aluminum and bolted down. Um, yeah. So I don't. I didn't know that. I mean. I guess that's an extra expense. I say just put your hand on the people's shoulders as you're walking up the aisle, shoulder to shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, have a little aloha. Doesn't help when you walk down, though. Uh, I remember I remember one time I was at a Van Halen concert. Me and Uncle K. Mamo, we were at a Van Halen concert, and um, we're uh, the late, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Ed Leffler, I think is his name. He was their manager, and he was a friend of ours. And so um, they let us go in the back and just – drink out of van halen's cooler so i mean this is you know we're 20 something years old and so we drink another cooler and then uh you could say that um maybe we had too much and then so i was in the seats on the risers and i went to put my uh, to get up and put my hand all my weight on the um arm on the hand armrest and it broke i fell down the <laughs> stairs oh really <laughs> wow anytime someone says handrail i go oh yeah i remember handrail uh, somebody is on the phone. Matthew, thank you for calling in. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I think the issue is just plain and simple, politics. Too much politics are involved in this um, thing with the stadium. Um, the governor is on his last raise out, and he's, he just don't care. He just don't care. I think he's just going to pass it on to the new governor, whoever it is, and they're going to have to choose whether – where where that um, stadium is going to be built, and by then, we might not even aff- can't afford it. The price is going up each year that yeah. it's postponed. Mm-hmm. And imagine this: imagine that they don't have the money now to build a stadium. Then what will happen? Hopefully, that I would like to see it on campus. That's where it's supposed to be. Not couple A, no place <laughs> else. Put uh-huh. it on campus. Yeah. You All see, right. when, since they since UH has played a game on campus, look at how much they have, uh, how much students have shown up for that um, games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a whole different atmosphere. Why yeah. put it down couple A when you can put it on campus? Put find a way. If they can open their mouth and talk and, and conversate about things like that, any, somebody might have brains. Uh, Look at what they did with Sam Sheriff's Arena. They took out the swimming pool to put out one. Put, um, Sam oh, there was a pool there? there? There was a pool there? There was a pool. 
oh, an I didn't old know that. pool that nobody used. And they said, hey, let's do this. Take out the pool and push uh-huh. their sheriff's arena right there. And booyah. Right on. Hey, thank, the- hey, Matthew, thank you for the call. Thank you for calling in. Love the passion. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're all grouchy. Well, maybe I started it. It's so grouchy. It's Aloha Friday. We should be in a good mood. Yeah. Okay, uh, coming up, we'll have more texts. But uh, coming up, we are going to talk to uh, Coach Nagamine, Rainbow Wahine Soccer, and uh, talk about what's in store for them. Uh, in the meantime, let's check your surf now on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great win for the Rainbow Wahine soccer team last night. An important victory for the Big West standings. And joining us now to talk about that and more on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline, their head coach, Michelle Nakamine. Coach, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on last night's victory. That was a really nice victory that you, your team finished strong and came back from that early 1-0 deficit. Oh, I hope I still have my voice. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> So talk about the comeback and the two goals about midway through the second half. Again, we'll talk about the importance of the game, but what were you doing differently? What adjustment did you make to have the team get those two goals and hold Riverside scoreless? Well, yeah, Riverside came out on fire in in the first half. And, you know, they talk about having the advantage of the team coming in and traveling and they'll be tired. Uh, no, that didn't happen. They, they came out on fire, and, you know, we were a little um, unorganized in our midfield um, because they, they had a small overload with one of their outside backs, you know, pushing up and in. And uh, so it took us a little while to to get our rhythm. Um, and then we, unfortunately, you know, let a ball go through, and they, they got up on us 1-0. So at halftime, um, you know, we, we just tried to remain calm, and we, we talked about how to address the um, – the overload in the midfield and um you know i thought that all of the coaches you know ula and mark um they both made some really really good observations and you know the the team was was just i i haven't seen them be that intent in their listening <laughs> they were oh, wow. like all eyes glued all eyes glued on us so you know it was just really um a, a great victory for for our women um, they were so gritty. I mean, it was a physical game. There were a number of yellow cards um, issued, and then you know, Krista Peterson got two yellows and got got ejected. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a it was a a very um, physical game. It wasn't dirty. It was just physical, and because you know, all the teams in the the Big West right now are just scrapping for any point that they can grab. Mm. We're when- talking with we're talking with uh, Coach uh, Coach Bud. And it's not that she's, like, mad at us or, like, being mellow or she just woke up. She's trying to conserve her voice. <laughs> so I just want to let everyone yes, know I, that. Well, keep I, it short I was and a sweet. Little, yes, I was a little animated last night because oh. one of our other players um, was issued straight red card. And I went ballistic because it was not – It was I didn't even think it was a foul and, um, you know, so I, like, ran over to the Spectrum monitor. I start ripping the trash bag off that because it was raining. You know, I, I mean, I, and I was, I was yelling, you know, you need to review that. You need to review it. And, and the, there was a big crowd. So, oh, my voice, it, it's just shot this morning. Oh, it, it man, was, I wish I was, was there. It was a crazy game. 
Oh, oh you, you would have been so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> we are now. Want, anyway. Is there anything on like TikTok, social media? Anybody catch that? Let us know. We want to oh, see it. <laughs> there would have been. You know what it would have been? It would. The meme would have been me on Christmas morning. I was literally like trying to rip open the trash bag that was covering the monitor at midfield uh, while screaming up to the press box, "Show me the replay! Show me the replay!" <laughs> You know what that sounds like, Gary? That sounds like that sounds like me in Las Vegas looking for our parking section at Allegiant Stadium. We're we're driving and, and we're driving and we're uh, I couldn't find. We had to circle the stadium. We couldn't we couldn't find out where to turn in. We were looking for Section P. So we finally come up. This guy is trying to move us along, and I roll down the window and I yell, "We're looking for P!" As he leans over P! my body, and it was louder than that. Oh boy. All right, back to soccer. Our moment, yeah. (laughs) Is it? I mean, have you ever gotten a yellow or red card? Does it work that way for coaches as well as players? You know, I have I have been cautioned, um, but I have not been. Oh, actually, in a youth game, I asked the ref, "What did you call?" And Uh yeah, and I I was coaching club, and I said, "What was the call?" And he's like, "You're out of here." I was like, "Wait, what?" (laughs) (laughs) I get a red card. I. I should have, you know, at least done something to really, you know, warrant it. But, no, I, I have barely even been cautioned. So, oh. um, yeah, this was, a, th- this was a first for behavior for me. But, you know, our, our players work so hard that I refuse to let something that was not a foul end up as a red card at, to one of our best defenders. Sure. So there, there's, just no, there's just no way. I mean, even if she was the worst defender, <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, it's not fair to them. They they work too hard. <laughs> the, that, if I got a, if I was like a coach and I got a red card, I mean, what do you do with it? I'd, I'd stick it in my mouth and like chew it up and spit it out. Yeah, like, yeah there's there's your red card. Yeah, it's. I mean, we. I'd have to leave the stadium, and I'd be like, nope. I'd be like lurking in the bushes or something. <laughs> I don't oh, blame you. I guess. Oh, you know what? I just found uh, Coach Bud on uh, on on Twitter, and she's got the microphone on Spectrum Sports, and she's giving shakas. And she looks very animated on the mic as well. So that's why no voice, I think. I'm about to check that. Anyway, out. back yeah, to the game. I'm absolutely. sorry, Coach. When you get the win, you get the three points, and as we said, uh, it's very important when we have two regular season matches uh, games left Sunday against Fullerton Senior Day. But getting those three points puts your team in a tie for fifth. Can you? kind of provide what you think are the possible or probable scenarios as you play out the regular season and hopefully qualify for the Big West tournament? Oh, I absolutely can because what we what we do is we have in my office, I have a, a big uh, dry erase board and we've basically, you know, written down all of the different scenarios of, of what can happen and, you know, with um, so we, you know, ev- everything's all written out and I think right now what we need to happen is we, you know, with the with Santa Barbara winning yesterday against Irvine, they moved into 12 points. So Santa Barbara um, has to end, you know, at home against Long Beach. Now Long Beach is sitting pretty at 18 points at the top of the conference. Um, they're 5-0 and 3 because they tied um, they tied yesterday. And uh, so what they're to Cal Poly. So what they, what they, if Long Beach beats Santa Barbara, they win the conference outright. Right. So 
they are they are going to and, and they would win it outright even with one game left against UC Davis. So Long Beach, um, you know that that's going to be a tough game because right now Santa Barbara and us are tied, and we have them on the goal differential by one. So you know if there was a tiebreaker, it would go head to head first. But because uh, we tied Santa Barbara, it would go to goal differential, and we Mark Fournier figured out last night that we're at negative um, one and they're at negative two or wow. I can't remember the first we we're ahead by like one, so close. one goal. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's going to be it, and Davis is on fire. They're unbeaten and they they've won their last three games. You know, they they now moved up into 14 points. Cal Poly went to 15, so now, you know, um Fullerton stayed at 14, so it goes, you know, Long Beach and then Cal Poly, Davis and Fullerton. So then, um, yeah, and we need Bakersfield to lose at Fullerton on um, in the last game. So, but you have Fullerton Sunday. So if you beat them, not only the three points for your team, but you take away points from them, you would surpass them in the standings at least at that point on Sunday. Correct? Yes, correct. So if we, you know, with us at twelve points right now, um, you know, it's going to be. Um, and, you know, they tied UCSD, so they're at 11. So we jumped Bakersfield. Um, so what, what's going to happen? And Bakersfield was up on UCSD 2-0, and, and UCSD came back and tied it 2-2. Two two. So I think the soccer gods were smiling on us there um, because <laughs> that, that allowed us to, to actually jump Bakersfield in the standings. So if Bakersfield loses at Fullerton, which is a really, really hard place to play, um, we would be okay there. So we just need Santa Barbara to um, to to lose to um, Long Beach. So okay. Well, Senior yeah, Day on Sunday. No Senior Day last year because of COVID. So everybody can go on down and get to say aloha to the nine outgoing seniors. Hopefully, a lot of soccer left. And you win on Sunday, got a lot better chance of making the tournament and get a better seating. So we wish you the best of luck. Save your voice a little bit, and uh, we'll look for some animated uh, scenes from you on Sunday, hopefully in celebration. All right. I hope so, too. Thank you again. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Take care of your voice. Drink lemon and all that. Eat the emoi. I will. All right. Thanks, Coach Bud. I got got a big bag in my my, uh, soccer bag. I'm all good. (laughs) Right on. covered. Okay, thanks, right, Coach. Take care, guys. Thanks. All right. I didn't ask how long the Lee Moy has been in her soccer bag. <laughs> you see, because in my golf bag, I'm always discovering snacks. And it's like, how long has this been in here? Ah, it still tastes good. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Coach uh, Bud uh, Nagamine on the uh, Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. It's quarter to eight with the animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. UH football is coming up. Tomorrow, we invite you to join us at Big City Diner Kailua for the game. Uh, more of your texts and calls at 808-296-1420 on the Zephyr Insurance text line. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Ah, yes, we are celebrating on this Aloha Friday, International Day of the Nacho. See, it could be National Nacho Day, but then that sounds funny, like it's not your day. And so that's why they call it International Day of the Nacho. 
Wow. Makes sense. I just that made makes I just made that up. Wow, no you're making a lot of sense point. with your theories and everything else today. I really do agree with a lot of them, if not most of them. So that's here's good. my next one. You're dumb. <laughs> that's the one I said most of them I agree with. I guess it doesn't conflict with Taco Tuesday. Obviously, you can't have it in the same week. You're a dummy. I. It was Taco Tuesday <laughs> last night here in the household. Uh, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday. Wow. Yeah, thinking outside the box, <laughs> you look mixing crazy. things up. It's why our marriage is so successful. You got to mix things up a little. I, that's what I hear. <laughs> By the way, nachos were invented in 1943 in a tiny Mexican town right across the border from Fort Duncan in Texas. They were a huge hit with the soldiers long before they become your, you know, your favorite game day snack. So I wonder when they invented it, because you already had the tortilla chip, I would think, before that. What did the first nacho have in 1943? Did it have just cheese? Did it have jalapeno? Did it have sauce? Did it have all these other things? Because sometimes when you get nachos, it's just nachos with cheese, which is good. Sometimes yeah. you get them with beef. Sometimes you get them with a whole bunch of stuff. Kahlua pig. Kahlua or, pig. I've had those. Aki. Yeah. Aki. Okay. So I wonder what the first nacho had. And I'm imagining by looking at your face that you don't know in that that you, what they, the first nacho consisted of? No, I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> but I'm thinking along the same lines as you. I'm wondering. <laughs> By the way, here's some top stories. Um, here's some top stories that we didn't get to yet. Uh, another major athlete buys a pro pickleball team. You saw that? I saw one a couple of days ago. I thought Durant bought one. Was he the yeah. last or somebody? Okay, who was that? Oh, this must be the latest one. But Kevin Durant, he's buying his professional pickleball team, right? Yeah. Uh, LeBron James has one. Draymond Green, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they're all pickleball franchise owners. Um, there are 16 teams uh, in this major league pickleball. You know, it's like the NFL, MLP, <laughs> and they're playing for millions of dollars in prize money. And Durant has to decide what he, what he wants his team to be called. And I found out because this is a typical Kevin Durant move. Kevin Durant, who, of course, is really into himself. His name of his, uh, let's see, his name of his team is 35V. 35B? V as in Victor. V. 35, because yeah. he wears the number 35. And I don't know what the V stands for. Um, oh, it's uh, 35 Ventures. Well, he doesn't wear 35 for Brooklyn. Well, and he doesn't wear 35 for, yeah, no, sure he does. It's... No, he wears 35, Gary. Come on, follow the sport once in a while. You want to bet? You want to bet? Let's bet. 100 bucks. 100 bucks to charity right now. Tanner, you got it. Look it up. What number does uh, Kevin Durant uh, wear? But he's kind of naming the – it sounds like he's naming the the team after himself. Sounds that way, yes. Does Tom Brady name his team after himself? The only person that would name (laughs) their team after themselves would be be, uh, Kyler Murray. I'm about to say that. By the way, Durant wears seven, so you owe me 100 bucks. I don't owe you 100 bucks. I'm giving 100 bucks to charity. And I'm was, glad to do it. I didn't know he wore number seven for yeah, Brooklyn, I the, really. I have the and I was so and sure of myself. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know I did. You're wrong. You're stupid. See, the problem I'm not with, giving you $100. Oh, well, it takes a little of the fun would, away I heard there's me. a really would nice rest- charity called the Charity to Gary Dickman. That's what I was going to suggest, yes. It just started about 10 seconds ago. I'm going to give it to the food bank. You know why? Because it's going to be a big... Okay. See, I wish people would give food to the food bank in April and not everybody at the end of the year. They need food all year round, but we only think of charity when we get to the holiday season. Oh, anyway, that's oh. that's something else. Let's, I, okay, understand, let's go. I understand a yep. lot of the players from Durant's team and Brady's team were about to join the Saudis and have, like, the live tour for pickleball. So there's a lot of competition now for these players. 
That wasn't very funny. I thought it was pretty good, actually. You just don't want to give me any credit, and I understand that. You've got to be well, the comedian. It was because a little bit driving of a reach. the bus. This is, a, this is, this is, this is, okay, this is Gary, this is Gary being a comedian. You'll often hear him on the show being really funny. He'll jump in and go, that's what she said, or something like that. Okay, let me point this out. I was thinking about this. No, oh, God, not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, we got to move on. Let's go to the text line. Sorry. Save it for after 8 o'clock well, uh, you, you'll, uh, because I promised. Okay, okay. We're talking about Aloha Stadium. And uh got a texter here that says, build it where the old stadium was. It's a park for the homeless right now. You, you're not kidding. I'm not kidding about that. Knock down the Bolodrome and build a parking structure. They can start building today. What do you think of that? I, I think they should get – I think they should just knock down the stadium and start building – well, a parking structure would be smart. And I that's another thing I want to bring up because when we talked about not cutting corners, I think a new stadium should have enough parking stalls to hold the amount of people that are going to be there. Not yeah. 35,000 stalls because you're not going to have everybody driving themselves. But that's one of the things about Aloha Stadium with the Pro Bowl the last few years. We know how it was. Right. When UH did sell out, same thing kind of happened. you got to have more parking stalls. Don't don't cut corners there. I like the fact that the rail one day, um, you know, the rail will be up for 20 to 30 years, so people will be used to using it. And then the stadium. I like the fact that the rail stops in yeah. the lava. Yes. The, the rail's not going to Manoa or it's not going – downtown when you drive by that old site of aloha stadium don't is everyone are you like me do you look at that and go how did they fit a stadium in that little spot i have thought that before not every time but i have thought that before yes all right thank you for your texts at 808-296-1420 uh somebody said it's halava not kapole matthew called and said i don't want it in kapole but i brought up earlier if if, you know could you build it in kapole i think that's what matthew was talking about uh let's see uh, I'm a season ticket holder for 32 years, but this will be our last year because of the bleacher seating. Very wow. uncomfortable. Um, I'm not the only longtime season ticket holder that feels this way. The good news is there will be a lot more seats available next year. That's I, I understand some people are frustrated. I, you know what? They should take all those seats at Aloha Stadium. Is this possible? I don't know if it's possible. Take those seats and recycle them to be seats for the new stadium. Maybe there's something you can do, or do they take up too much room? Well, I'm they're guessing... auctioning off a few of them. Well, they're auctioning off the backs. They're the back, not auctioning yeah. the chairs, which I don't understand. But um, I don't know. Maybe you can save some of them. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Unless you buy, you're, you're, for two people, you buy three seats. I don't. I can't think of anything else. I don't I think they'll I'd just think. make them big enough. I don't think. I think rather have new seats than. You know what? I think we should all lose weight. You ever buy a new pair of pants? No, not you, but uh, you ever buy a pair of pants and go, ooh, it doesn't quite fit, but I'll fit into them. Do that with the stadium. Let's all lose weight. Yeah. (laughs) It's just before 8 o'clock. Top stories coming up next. In other top stories, besides Kevin Durant buying a uh, pro pickleball team, other top stories, a Washington Commanders fan won $14,000 in a team raffle, and the check bounced. You're serious. <laughs> it 
Daniel Snyder strikes again. The guys check bounce. Uh, I hope they don't leave a Yelp review for this guy. So the guy's name is Drew Shipley. He's a season ticket holder for the Washington Commanders. He won a 50-50 raffle. Right. Explain to folks what a 50-50 raffle is. At a lot of sporting events now, they have the 50-50 raffle. You buy them for the game and during the game. They'll sell them at concession stands. The people will walk around, and they keep listing on the scoreboard how much money people have spent that day. So, in other words, it might be $30,000. 50% goes to a charity. 50% goes to the winning number. And you can buy, like, three tickets for, like, $10 or something like that. And the number keeps getting higher because people mm-hmm. keep buying them throughout the game. So it might go from 15 to 18 to 20. Again, 50% goes to the organizers giving it to a charity and then 50% to the winner. So in this case, it was um, – there was a 50-50 raffle at the first few games of the season. This is back in September. So they had this big old pot of cash. $14,000 is was his share. So he went to deposit the check. It bounced. He reached out the team. He reached out to the team for over a month. They wouldn't call him back. (laughs) And then, uh, so I guess he overdrew on his account. Finally, they wired the money to him, but, you know, that's not the point, right? Of course. That's not even a lot of money for a football stadium because at the basketball arenas and hockey arenas that I buy them at, uh-huh. you usually get twenty to 25000 total right in that range. Very rarely will it be 15000 yeah. So for a football stadium with 70,000 seats, you would think they would sell more than a 20,000-seat arena, uh, stadium or arena. So it just showed the Washington well, Commander So it was 28000 It was 28000 so we got half. But, again, these are the Washington Commanders. How many people are actually showing up nowadays? Right. My point, they're probably not drawing too well or people aren't buying those tickets. That's a pretty low number overall. But you imagine that? You win it. They give you a check. You go down to the bank. It bounces. You call them up and, like, hey, you guys gave me a check. It bounced. I mean, what do you have to – he probably went on the local news or something. I was about to say. He said, you know what? These these guys are – here's something else for your investigation, uh, uh, Mr. Goodell. Yes, I would go off on them big time, going to all action lines and all those things, Better Business Bureau, whatever. That's incredible. In other news, Kyler Murray, uh, they got the win last night against the New Orleans Saints. Kyler Murray makes a uh, – he, he makes a he, he makes an Ocole out of himself, in my opinion. Obvious, it's apparently from the 6 o'clock hour this morning, nobody agrees with me. No, but I Kyler agree Kyler Murray with you. mouthing repeatedly – yelling uh, as he's coming off the sideline to his head coach, calm the bleep down, calm the F down. He's yelling at his coach while his coach is not doing anything. He's just standing there. And apparently Kyler Murray didn't like the coach's antics on the sideline. He might have rolled his eyes. His antics, yeah, he rolled his eyes or he pointed his palms upward when Kyler Murray couldn't get the playoff. Kyler Murray, who is so self-entitled, I don't even know if that's a word. Is that a right word? Self-entitled? So, yeah. Yeah. so the clock was, this is his quote, the clock was running down and we couldn't have got off the play we were trying, we couldn't get the playoff we were trying to run. So it was, I guess it was my fault. I'll take it. You're running the team out there, Kyler. It's not your coach's fault. The play wasn't out there late. It was going to be a delay of the game. You couldn't get the playoff because you're not very good. You're overrated. They scored You're on the a next pain play. in the butt. You're a distraction to your team. Wow. You're not a fan, I guess. No, I'm not. And I just... agree with you that it was a and bad move. And they asked move. him, was the coach yelling at you? He goes, no, it was just his antics. Are you kidding me? I don't like the way the coach is posturing on the sideline. 
national TV close-up camera. Hey, kids, this is what you do as a leader in the NFL. This is how you handle your business. I can't stand it. See, I wouldn't go that far. I agree it was a stupid move on his part, and it does make him look bad. I just made a point earlier that I don't think it's going to be long-lasting, and I think in the heat of battle, people yell at each other in football oh, yeah. maybe more than any other sport because of the speed and it everything else going on. It won't be long-lasting, Gary. It's not going to be long-lasting because he'll do something else next week. He'll scrub his account. They're having a bad, you know, oh, look, we're losing, and people are blaming me. Hello? How long have you been a quarterback? That's what happens. You win, they praise you, and you don't deserve all the praise. You lose, they blame you. Oh, the people are blaming me for losing, so I don't want to be associated with my team. You say that about Debo Samuel? He did the same thing. Well, he he, he rubbed that from his Instagram page and everything for the 49ers for a while, just like Kyler Murray did. Yeah, so that's bad. That's not a good okay. thing. You know what the memes were last night? All the memes on social media about Kyler Murray was that after the win, he was speeding home to go to a Call of Duty tournament that just started. They were all pointing out that kind of stuff. That's the thing that's been continuous with him yeah. on social media. As a jerk. Thank you for the text. Kyler Murray just upset because Call of Duty campaign came out yesterday, <laughs> but, he had to, but he had to work. <laughs> yeah. Let's all, let's have all, imagine if all the, the kids in youth football are going around saying, Hey, you know what? This is what you do. You swear at your coach when you come off the field, when you make a mistake. That's how to handle it. Good job, Generation Z. Good job. I would hey, find Kenny, that surprising. Kenny Pickett has cleared the concussion protocol in our next sideline. Oh, okay. it's a, a next sideline one. headline. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I'm I mean, not... I, I, I'm glad that he's healthy, first of all, and I like the fact that he's going to be their future. We knew he was going to be at some point. I, I know Trubisky helped win that game last week. Right. I'm, a, I'm a Kenny Pickett guy. Well, and Kenny Pickett wasn't doing horribly before he no. got knocked out. But uh, anyway, so I guess he is going to start. you, you got to start him. I saw somebody tweet, "Is this a good thing?" Well, you know what? I you got to you're not going to you're not winning any championships this year. You know, even if somebody like TJ Watt was healthy towards the end of the year, you don't bring him back. Just Yeah, right, right. You know what? Use this as a year to, you know, as uh, one of our guests said yesterday, not to rebuild but to clean up. Just clean up this year. Right, but when you're saying they're not going to make the playoff, they're not going anywhere, I agree, but that's partly because of Trubisky. So why not go with another quarterback, especially if he's your future? And he right, hasn't looked that bad. Yeah. No, so that's what I'm saying. I'm to saying answer start... that tweet, that, oh. I think it is a good thing with yeah. the text. I mean, oh, it's a good thing. Right. All right, uh, let's see here. Really, the big news yesterday afternoon, uh, Christian McCaffrey is now going to be a San Francisco 49er. If the 49ers get the Christian McCaffrey they have so far this year, I think he's number four overall in uh, yards from scrimmage, or the Christian McCaffrey from 2019 that had 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving, or do they get the Christian McCaffrey who missed 23 of 33 games from 2020 to 2021. It's a gamble. They gave up uh, a lot of draft capital, so it's a gamble. I mean, they, 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 they want this Super Bowl, and they want it now. I mean, the, really the weak spot on the San Francisco 49ers offense is if it's a weak spot is Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, before that, I mean, you they've got the tight one. end, they've got the running back, they've got the receivers, they got the X factor, they've got the offensive line, they've got a very, very good defense. It's just at quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo's fine. 
It's just sometimes in big games he makes bad decisions. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the uh, Garoppolo analogy, but I think for the running back position, remember, was it, I forget Mitchell's first name. That was Eli Mitchell. He's out for the year of, like, first, second game. So Jeff Wilson's been there running back, and he had a and one really been... good game. Oh. Two weeks ago he was really good. I have him on my fantasy team. He got, like, right. two points last week. But two weeks ago he had oh, 100 okay. yards. That must have been the ago. game I saw because I was like, who's this guy? He's yeah. really good. Yeah, he was good. So now you, you, up, you upgraded that position big time, big time. And you had to do with he and Debo okay. with what right. they can well, do. Okay, already it's a headache because you gotta you gotta uh, scheme you prepare for the game. You gotta scheme against Kittle. You gotta scheme against uh, Dabo, right? Debo. Uh, Debo. I can't see. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, Debo. You gotta. I mean, how are they gonna use Debo? And then in the meantime, you, you, use check might come out of the backfield. I mean, there's so many things you Ayuk. have to watch out for. Now, yeah, Brandon Ayuk as well is having a very good season, and I mean, you got all these weapons, and now. You take the ultimate Swiss Army knife, and a guy that can is one of the best receivers in the league. He's one of the best running backs in the league, and you got put you put those two guys together as one person. Somebody else you got to prepare for. What a nightmare if you're a defensive coordinator playing against the San Francisco 49ers. You mentioned their offensive line, how good they are. I don't know how Carolina's offensive line ranked. But you know it's got to be an upgrade with San Francisco. Plus, with all those other weapons, you can't just you can't just you know, do anything like spy Christian McCaffrey like they might have done with Carolina. He was their offense totally. Whether the quarterback was Darnold or Baker or Cam right. Newton, he was their offense. Now you got all these other weapons. You got to pick your poison if you're the defense. I really can't wait to see their first game or two and see how he's used with Debo Samuel and even Kittle because again, yeah. one of those guys are going to have really good games. You would think every single week. And let me give you some stats. So he has 670 yards from scrimmage this year so far. So he has 393 yards rushing. Uh, He has 33 catches for 277 yards. That's fourth in the NFL. So you you have those kinds of stats when everybody's keying on you. Think about how it is when they can't have everybody key on you. Right. That's what I was just saying. I think it's going to yeah. be a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, somebody's going to have a breakout game, I think, every week. But you, again, you can't cover all those guys. Yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I wanted to get the stats because it really backs up uh, what you have said. But uh, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's they got to be licking their chops. Like, ooh. I didn't know that Ed McCaffrey, his dad – Played for Shanahan's dad. I, yeah, I didn't know that either. I didn't realize. He was the OC there. Mike Shanahan was both during those years, and I'd forgotten that or didn't know that at the time. Oh, uh, he was the uh, – Oh, Mike Shanahan was the OC when Ed McCaffrey was there? Yes. Oh, I didn't said. know that. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that's how he played under him. All right. What else is going on here? Top stories here on ESPN Honolulu. Well, we've been talking about the stadium. The Astros beat the Yankees 3-2 to two yesterday. Another really close game, but the Astros are up two to nothing. When's the next game coming on the radio? Tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, they'll be at Yankee Stadium. I believe Garrett Cole would probably get the start tomorrow. Uh, Yankees are home, and uh, hopefully they can get a few wins, if not more than two, to extend this series. But the Astros do have that nice lead of 2-0, as you said. All right, for baseball fans, though, NLCS game number three with the Padres and the Phillies. Broadcast time starts at 1 o'clock. I believe first pitch is around 1.30, but that's on the radio today. And, they, yes, they do. And if you're going to that game, be aware that the Smashing Pumpkins, I believe, are going to be in concert next door, and also Temple playing Tulsa in college football, all three going on at the same time. They're all right next to each other, all those stadiums in Philly. Smashing Pumpkins, they still draw, <laughs> huh? I guess so. I guess so. My, my friend 
I can't remember, an old friend back in the radio days years ago. Do they have a, a um, Tanner, try look it up on the Internet. Do they have a, um, uh, a woman is the drummer for the Smashing Pumpkins? Because, like, my friend is either in the Smashing Pumpkins or he married somebody in the Smashing oh, Pumpkins. Wow. wow. Ah, I forget. Anyway. They're playing in the basketball arena, so the 20,000-seat stadium, but they got all three events. So there's all these advisories I'm seeing on Twitter about parking, and that's going to be a madhouse there. But the Phillies are in action at home, and they, they got what they wanted. They got a split on the road in San Diego. All right, so those are our top headlines. You can uh, text or dial in at 808-296-1420. Would you say, back to um, Christian McCaffrey, would you now, if you had to pick a favorite, I'm not going to say win the Super Bowl. Say go to the Super Bowl. I mean, who else in the NFC can now touch the San Francisco 49ers? I'm only talking on paper because anything can happen in these games, right? As of right now, and I said this last week, that I'm still not totally sold on Philly. I know they're the only undefeated team, and they're great. I just don't look at them as a Super Bowl team necessarily yet. But the thing is, in the NFC, who else would you put up there with Philly? I mean, Philly's got to be the number. If you're going to pick two teams for the NFC Championship, I'd go with Philly. Uh, but who would be number two? Is it Dallas with Dak Prescott? We don't know. Minnesota's 5-1. and one. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl-type team. Green Bay has been really average, just like Tampa Bay. They're both 3-3. Three and three. I mean, Green Bay just lost to the Jets and Giants. Uh, Tampa Bay's been struggling. Hey, but the Jets and Giants, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see an all-New York Super Bowl. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be Talk I about turnarounds. That yeah. That Robert is, Sala will really be taking receipts and, 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 and collecting yeah, names. Definitely. So, I mean, I don't think the Rams are playing well enough to be a playoff team even right now. So, But why? I've seen a couple of Rams games. I don't get it. Is it just Matthew Stafford? That's it? Mostly him. I mean, it, it, Cooper Cup is the same thing. I mean, he's going to give you all those yards, all those touchdowns, but he's the only one so defenses can key on him and even though he's still productive there's nobody else at a receiver spot is productive they don't really have a good running back their offensive line has been below average Andrew Whitworth is on TV on Thursday nights now it's more than just that they just aren't the same team uh defensively the games I've watched Aaron Donald has not looked great he's not he's not the best player on the field I watched the game and he's pressuring people he's still getting in the backfield you have, I mean, maybe I don't know how many sacks he has this year, but he is do his usual disruptive self. I think that Bobby Wagner is getting better. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, in the twilight of his career, but he does add something to that. You miss Von Miller is who they really miss. Yeah, I think so. I, the Dallas game is what I might remember the mostly watching that game a few weeks ago when they lost at home, and, I mean, their offense was just awful, but their defense couldn't stop the run. And that was against Cooper Rush. I just, again, I, I know Aaron Donald is arguably the best offensive player in football for the last several years. And right now, a lot of people would probably think that. But it doesn't seem like their defense is dominating. I mean, you look at even the Buffalo game, and that's not really Aaron Donald per se. It was Josh Allen, you know, picking them apart. But they just don't look the same. So, again, in the NFC, I think San Francisco just easily made themselves the favorite. And I don't know. I think it's just San Francisco and Philly that I'm more confident with right now. I'm oh. not totally sold on Minnesota yet. I forgot about Philadelphia. Yeah, um, you know, a team I, the, the Detroit Lions, and I think um, Dan Campbell, their head coach, came out and said we, 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 we sh- we're better than our record shows because they've had so many close losses. But um, except in New England, yeah. But the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, San Francisco 49ers, Who knows? We'll see how Dak Prescott does. It Dak Pre- Dak Dak Prescott. Is he going to make a huge difference 
for the Cowboys. I mean, I know that they can run more things um, offensively because Cooper Rush is not there, you know, but um, we'll see what, da- you know, remember Dallas's defense as well. Of course. Has been, has been overwhelmingly good. They're, they're so really I think, good. I think, I think you, when you talk about the MS- NFC, you got to include the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, time for our bulletin board brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Did you know that when you talk, read, or sing with your child, you're helping to shape their brain? Every parent has the power to create a strong start for our children from day one. Visit talkingisteaching.org for free tips and ideas. That's talkingisteaching.org. This message brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu. Hey, I want to get this out because uh, tis the season. Uh, our friends at P- Pagoda Banquets and Catering, uh, they got a festive turkey feast to go. Pick it up on Thanksgiving, hot and ready to serve. Get a 12 to 14 pound whole roast turkey with giblet gravy, stuffing with Portuguese sausage, mashed potatoes, cranberry relish, yams with marshmallow topped with macadamia nuts, corn on the cob, pumpkin pie, sweet rolls from Punalu Big Shop. The list goes on and on. Uh, if you want more information and your turkey to go, these are becoming very popular. People nowadays are like, I ain't going to spend all day cooking. So uh, if you want a quality turkey feast, Pagoda Banquets and Catering is a place to go. Visit PagodaHawaii.com. All right, let's go uh, back to you, Gary. Okay, so the Mountain West Wire, who we love reading their stuff, Jeremy Mouse, a frequent guest with us, they came out with their Mountain West mid-season report card, their grades. Oh, so cool. for the University of Hawaii, it, it, the grades themselves are interesting, but not very good right now. The Uh-oh. description and building for the future, I think, is promising, though. I'll give you the grades first. For offense, and this is just this is not just Mountain West, it's entire the entire season. Offense gets a D. Defense gets a D. Special teams gets a B minus, and then meeting or exceeding <laughs> That's funny, expectations. Because the last two games, I would give the offense and defense a B, and special teams a D. <laughs> Well, except for the fake punt. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I, you can tell it's based on the entire season. As far as meeting or exceeding expectations, a B minus. Uh, just a couple of things of what they say. They talk about the return of Zion Bowens has really helped. That Hawaii still ranks well into the triple digits nationally by points per drive. It's 1.51. I've never heard that stat. Okay, wait a minute. You're blowing through this. You're going too fast. I can't comprehend. What? They are in triple digits. They're 110th in the country out of 132 FBS right. as far as points per drive. 1.51 Makes points sense. per drive. Makes it sense. It does, again, beginning of the season, but like we, as we've been saying at least this week or last week, it's a new season in the Mountain West. They are 109th in the country on available yards percentage at 37%. Uh, drive yards per play, 111th in the country. But it also points out okay, that Ian before you Shoemaker, go there, this this doesn't make any sense. This this is not news because your this team is a different team that were today than it was a month ago. Okay, so well, none of that means anything to me. 
Well, what I was going to get to is that it also mentions how Ian Shoemaker's unit has beaten those averages in the last three games. So they talk about how promising Hawaii is now, how much they've gotten better, but these are their grades overall when you look at the first seven games. So Don't I care. Not thinking, I'm, not, I'm not talking about I'm, – I'm not looking back. Don't care. Meaningless stats. So you don't you don't care about the midseason grades at all? No, I care about the grades for the last game and what our grade should be about the game coming up. Why are we talking about Vanderbilt today? Well, we're talking about seven games today, not Vanderbilt. Right. Well, but again, this is a different team. This is a different team, a different offense, uh, different defensive schemes, totally different than the first few games. So, I mean, that's great, and that's nice. Look, they wrote about us, and we'll read about it on the radio. But it doesn't mean anything, right? It means as much as anything else as we talk about this team and talk about the perception or the reality of it. That's what they're doing. They're just talking about the whole season. So I think it's good to get somebody who's unbiased, who follows all the schools in the Mountain West, and, you know, what they think about us. I don't care what they think about us in the beginning of the season. You would have done yourself a favor – by just reading that last line that you did. That's well, that's what means something to no, me. No, then I'm kind of censoring it in a way. I want to read the entire thing. I want to make sure people realize what people for the Mountain West who cover the Mountain West Conference think about Hawaii overall, not just one aspect. Yeah, it, 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 it changes the whole think point anyone, of everything. Right, but I don't think anyone cares what they thought. We all know we were bad. Thanks for letting us know the Mountain West Wire thought we were bad. We don't need to be – we're not biased by saying that. We, we saw them up close and personal. So we should know more than the Mountain West Wire knows. They haven't seen as much football as you. I'm sure they, they haven't have. seen as you much Hawaii football. Game. You guys watch every game. Oh, cheer. <laughs> I doubt they watch every game. It's not a ton to watch. It's five a week, basically, sometimes six, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you. That, that was really meaningful. That really added to the show, Dick. Wow. If you came up with it, you would have been hyping it up. And I would have had a reason to come up with it, not just to read stats on the air. Here's uh, I, our grade from uh, how we did a month ago. We know our grade was bad. Give me something I don't know. Give me something to take as a listener. Give me something to take away from the show, would you? Chris is angry today. I'm hangry. There's yes. a difference. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> All right, so we, uh, we got Colorado State tomorrow. Talk about Colorado State. You bring up the backup running backs a lot, and I don't know why. There's a reason that Bryant Lillay and Tylen Hines and Jordan Johnson don't play as much as Diedrich Parson. They're not as good as he is. Okay, but but Tylen Hines has been emerging. Every game he seems like he's better and better. He always breaks a run. I think the last three Did games, he have a – did he have 100 yards and three touchdowns last game? Did he get, enough, did he get enough carries? No. I mean, on, on you know why? Do you know why? Carries? why? Do you know why? Why? I trust the coaches. You don't. I trust the coaches. You know more than the coaches, apparently. Well, I, I follow you in that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> when you watch him play, you can see what he's done. Again, he's had big runs since the Michigan game, every game since then. And mm. I, I, I'd like to see him get more of an opportunity. It seems like he's more because, again, Lelay is not even really getting any carries at all. I think he might have had one or two last week, if at all, right. the last couple of games. You so know why? Just you know why? Two guys. That's how many carries you get if you're third string. But he, he was second string to start the season, A. Well, I don't know if he was second string or he was an or. For example, the starting running back against, uh, against Colorado State is Diedrich Parson. Backup is Bryant Lelay or Tylen Hines, or Jordan Johnson. 
I think it, it depends on what you're facing uh, defensively. What backup will play more? Yeah, but we don't. We don't. We know that media note, but the listing of the starting lineup doesn't necessarily mean anything, as you often say. So I wouldn't even mention that. You well, know. sometimes sometimes they're right, and then that's how they're listed here. And in this case, you can bet because of what I just said. Instead of being angry, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying it depends what de- the, the backup that's going to play more depends on probably what the defense is going to give you. Do you need a guy with speed? Do you need a big power back? That's that's what's going to depend on who plays more. Now, this past game, uh, Brian Lillet played less. There were other games where he played more. Only the beginning of the season. That's my point. He, he was the number two running back to start the season. And but he, why are we talking about who's second string and third string? You brought string? it that's up, my, not me. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying I, because I asked you. why. That's something you bring up with a lot of guests. You brought it up with Mark Venary. Yeah. You brought it up with John Venary. Why are the, who's the second string guy? A Diedrich Parson. I know he's good, but let's talk about the second stringer. Breaking news. Nobody cares about the second stringer. Oh, boy, you are it's so a big debate wrong. of second, a big debate of who's second and third string. No, Let's talk a about the first that. string guy. Well, when he fumbled in the first couple of games, that's why we brought up the second string guy. And by the way, the second string guy, the 54-yard touchdown against Michigan, a lot of people care about Tylen Hines and what he's no, done. No, I'm not saying they don't care about him. You just I'm said that nobody that, cares about the second nobody string Nobody cares back. about a debate when you're talking about football about who should be second string and who should be third string, because that's the conversation we're having. I never brought up second and third. I brought up first and second. (laughs) All right, you know what? Uh, We have a guest coming up. Who's coming up? Tiff Weld, because we haven't mentioned volleyball, but they've got a whiteout tonight and tomorrow at Simplify Arena. Santa Barbara tomorrow, team that swept Hawaii last year in the regular season, a half game ahead of Hawaii by winning the other night. Uh, It's a really big match uh, tonight and tomorrow, but tomorrow night against Santa Barbara is going to be a big one. Tiff Wells will be joining us in just a minute to talk about that. Yeah, he's going to join us also. It's coming off a loss. That's why it's important. But I did not. Both nights are whiteout? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Thank you. Uh, That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, look, the Aloha Kia hotline is blinking. And we're going to talk some Rainbow Wahine volleyball again, some important matches for this team. We talked about soccer earlier, Friday and Saturday, where CSUN will be in action tonight. And then Santa Barbara, we'll get more into that coming up tomorrow night. It's a whiteout tomorrow night. Sorry about that. Not both nights, but Saturday night is a whiteout. Okay, so no whiteout on Saturday, whiteout only on Friday. You just had it wrong. You weren't listening. Friday. No, no, Gary, you're wrong again. Friday is a whiteout. Saturday, just wear green. Saturday is a whiteout. I'm looking Tanner at the official Tanner said Friday note. is a whiteout. Well, you know, we'll, get, we'll go to the source right now. Joining just us now. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. We're white both nights. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Uh, we are joined uh, now by the man who will maybe be wearing white one or both of those nights as he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. Tiff Wells, the voice of Rainbow Wahine Volleyball via the Aloha Kia hotline. Tiff, uh-huh. do you know, is it a whiteout Friday and or Saturday? I know Saturday is. Saturday for well, first off, guys, good morning. Friday, uh, Saturday is is the whiteout. You mentioned Rainbow Wahine soccer. How exciting! Very important three points to get that win over Riverside last night and stay alive in the race for the uh, conference tournament. So, congrats you're not you're Clark. not the voice of soccer. <laughs> no, could the be. voice of soccer. <laughs> Scott <laughs> Robs is the voice of yeah. soccer, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, before we talk about tonight and tomorrow, you were on the road last week, and uh, we thought that we were going to get a sweep on the road. It was a little tougher against Cal Poly, like Cal Poly has been pretty good over the last several years. What happened? I know they were in the locker room a long time after the game, and they're not used to losing in the Big West. Only two losses last year, and that was the first one. What happened on Saturday? Well, then it was just, it was, first off, it was a sellout crowd, and, uh, and, and as Josh will know when he goes to Mo- Bobby's been there many times. It's it's a facility that it is condensed. It is a loud atmosphere. It was a sellout as well. There's no real good ventilation. There's no AC system at Cal Poly. So it's, it's for those Foy fans that have not been there. You think of Plum Gym. Think of <laughs> only having think of having only doors open, no windows really open for ventilation, and it was. It was maybe 70, 75 degrees outside, but inside it was it was a little over 90. It was it was hot, it was sticky, it was humid. Yeah. The match took over two two hours, fifteen, two hours, twenty minutes, and after every point, it just seemed as if both teams needed to stop stop play and to you know wipe moisture off the floor. It was just a very hot and sticky atmosphere inside Mott. And you, you asked about what what happened. In the match, and it was more so what we've discussed throughout the season, where Hawaii's had some some troubles here and there closing out sets. They had leads late in set one, late lead late in set three, gave up a lengthy run to end the set, and, and you know lost lost both sets one and three. Won a very wild set number two, thirty three, thirty one. Uh, got down got down by eight or nine eight points in set four. Uh, got it to within one, but just a little bit too much of a deficit. They put themselves in and just couldn't get out of it and lost in four at Cal Poly on Saturday. Wow. You know, one of the reasons I'm wondering if it took so long and you were there, I mean, were they constantly floor wiping? It sounds like a dangerous situation almost. Constantly. Basically almost after every single point. Uh, oh, my goodness. Whether, you know, they had, they had, they had the floor wipers, they had the towels. Uh, they had the brooms as well, you know, the moisture-wicking brooms. Um, yeah. it, was, it was just a very, very – uncomfortable atmosphere and luckily for neither luckily for both teams no one was no one was hurt at all during yeah. the match. Hold, hold on a second hey get butterly on the phone <laughs> go ahead you guys well as a result of that tough loss they are were in a tie for first place with cal poly and santa barbara santa barbara won earlier this week so i know tonight's match against csun you don't want to overlook they don't have the same record as santa barbara santa, santa barbara now eight and one hawaii at seven uh six seven and one in the in the conference right now talk about the importance of these matches i know it's only halfway through the season after tomorrow but last year santa barbara swept hawaii you don't want to give them that tiebreaker if it comes down to that it's one of the factors i would imagine you can, and you cannot, and especially after last year, Hawaii beat everybody in the conference except for Santa Barbara. And, and the thing for the Gauchos a year ago, uh, had a couple of losses to teams they would have normally beaten and lost at Long Beach State last year, lost at Long Beach State again this year. You know, they get they have to go to Cal Poly uh, later on in the season. That should be a very entertaining matchup. But it's it's a, it's a match where when you look at the records, like you said, and you look at the schedule of – of course, everyone knows that the match on Saturday is the more important one. It's you know it's one versus two for now, and it's it's probably going to be one of the more important factors when it determines how the conference race will finish at the end of the season. But some people can say that possibly tonight could be a trap game because, like you said, CSUN a sub five hundred record, seven and fourteen. They're two and seven in conference. You would think on paper, and you look at the schedule and the stats, everything shifts and favors towards Hawaii. 
but you cannot look ahead to Saturday. And we've seen this time and time again where teams have the more important match on the second day. And not to say this is what Hawaii had, had happened to them last week with, with uh, Bakersfield and Pauly because that match at Bakersfield did go five. But you cannot look ahead to that second match and just do barely enough to get by in that first match. And at this point, and, and the team has said this all season long, that every match is important. You get in the conference play, and everyone in the conference knows that for the most part, it's going to be a one-bid league. And right. every match has been heightened. It's important. And it's now with Hawaii having a loss, along with South Pauli and Santa Barbara, every match from here on out is just that much more important. And Hawaii has to go to Santa Barbara in the season. Hawaii defense home court, they'll be just fine. I can't see how, you know, I'm picturing Amber Igedi and how big and strong she is, just physically dominating. And Riley Wagner and, oh, what's the freshman's name again we love so much? Kaylin Alexander. Kaylin Alexander. You got these guys. And it's like, how can we lose a match? It's the, the talent on Hawaii is unbelievable. I mean, I know other teams are practicing; they got good players too. But um, it, it's crazy. If you got, if you haven't been to volleyball this year, head on down to the San Sheriff Center uh, tonight or tomorrow and take it in, and you're going to be blown away at the talent we have on this team. It really is, and just you know, the talent on the team, the atmosphere as well, and 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 you've got you guys have said this multiple times. Uh, Bobby has said this more often than not. When you can get over, when you get over five to six thousand inside uh, Simplify Arena, the San Sheriff Center, it goes from it goes from a match to an event, and it's the same thing that head coach Charlie Wade said. And then once you get you know to seven, eight, possibly nine, and if it becomes a sellout, that'd be great. It becomes it becomes an event, and when you when you can read the bios of the of the opposing team and on all the players that come out, and everyone always looks forward to coming to Hawaii, and that's. And when when they ask players, you know, what was your favorite collegiate moment? You know, for power yeah. five teams, yeah, you know, we win. They went into the tournament. We go to the final four, this and that. But for a lot of them, their highlight of their collegiate career, whether it's on the women's side or the men's side, is to come and play at Hawaii. That's become one of the places to play, whether you're playing for Hawaii or you're playing you're playing the Bows on the island. It becomes one of their favorite places, one of their great memories of collegiate athletics. I remember, remember Dave Shoji told us one time, Gary, he told us that, you know, we were thinking, do other teams get intimidated by the big crowds? And he says, no, they get fired up. Teams play better uh, uh, or try and they, they seem to play better on the road against Hawaii because of the big crowd. Now, I can't tell if, you know, I can't look at a crowd and say, oh, this is how many people. Now, I've only been to one game. I went a couple of Saturdays ago. But to me, it looked like there was – I don't know, 5,000 people? What's attendance been like? I can't tell by looking. Attendance has been good. It's, it's been anywhere between, say, 4,500, 4,600, and, and right around 6,000. And, and even, you know, even for matches. And again, no disrespect to, you know, some of the teams that come in, you know, in terms of conference, you know, with, with their record and overall. It's, it's just the fact that now with the capacity being allowed back to, you know, 100% with, with no. COVID restrictions, thankfully, with, with, with what has you know been the case last year. And then, of course, 2020, the conference decided to prematurely cancel the season. People starting to feel more comfortable of going to the arena and taking in an event, being indoors with other, with other fans and being, in, being in, an, in an enclosed environment for, you know, two, possibly three hours. 
Tiff, I think a lot of people are wondering. We know that on the road trip she wasn't there, but Libero, Taylor, Ikanaga, is she going to be ready to play? I know she's back at practice this week. She's back at practice, and, and, and both of you guys know how you know tight to the vest this coaching staff keeps everything. Now, whether or not <laughs> no. uh, whether or not <laughs> whether or not you know Taylor dresses is one thing. If she makes it into the starting rotation, you know that remains to be seen. Uh, Hawaii fans, you know they've, they've they've been able to be happy with how Talia uh, Edmonds, the transfer, the grad transfer from Michigan State, has has, has performed. You know, yeah. digs. Career high in digs that opening that that first match where she came into the starting lineup basically right before the national anthem against uh, UC San Diego a couple of weeks ago performed mm-hmm. well on the road trip did very well at Bakersfield she's filled in nicely it's that because of having that power five grad transfer fill in as that libero and she 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 was the starting libero at Michigan State so it's it's not something that is new to her it's not right. something that faced her it just kind of you know throws in different, you know, rotations, different, you know, lineups for this, for this Hawaii squad. And, and, and for them to go, uh, for them to go two and one with, with the absence of Ikenaga, they've done well. Now it remains to be seen whether or not Haley can get into the lineup, be the starting libero, we'll have to wait tonight at seven o'clock. All right. And you can see that um, she's like an energizer bunny. It's why she has so many dig ups I mean, her energy is just unbelievable. What did she have? Like 33 dig ups or something in a, in a it, match, something it, like that? Yeah, she had she had a lot, she had a lot of dig 'em ups that opening match against San Diego and uh, making you guys proud every time she gets on the floor. Yeah, I mean, not many slam downs, but hey, she got the dig 'em ups. Not really slam her down, job to have the slam downs. The slam downs for her come in practice. <laughs> Very cool. Anything else for Tiff? Yeah. What about Braylon Akan? I know she wasn't in the last homestand. What is her status these days? She was cleared. Uh, she did get into the match at Cal Poly on, on Saturday, uh, kind of that rotation uh, by committee for Hawaii on that right side between Kendra Ham, uh, Akana, and Aniga Dehuda. For the most part, Hawaii is healthy coming into this weekend and very important for the Bows, especially with how good Santa Barbara is. It'll be very important for Hawaii this weekend to get some sort of offensive production from that right side, whether it's a Conor, Dehuda, or Ham, whoever gets that started, whoever sees the majority of the playing time this weekend. All right, Tiff, we look forward to hearing you tonight about 6.50 on ESPN Honolulu. Tonight, the first 500 fans will receive a free Bank of Hawaii fan. Tomorrow, it's autograph night. Also, the first 3,000 fans tomorrow will get a 2022 volleyball souvenir card. So uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to besides the great volleyball on the court. And it's a whiteout tonight. Come Saturday. Oh, oh Saturday. I'm going to confuse people. <laughs> it's a whiteout Saturday night. Thank you, Tiff. Thanks, Tiff. Anytime. Anytime, gentlemen. Have a good one. All right. Tiff Wells appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. And, uh, yes, some important matches, especially the Santa Barbara one. You might think it's early in the season, but these matches last year almost cost Hawaii against Santa Barbara because they got swept by them. So Santa Barbara fortunately lost a match, I think, really late in the season for Hawaii to get the automatic at 18-2. and two. I, I know Santa Barbara doesn't have a great record overall, 12-7. and seven. It's too bad you can't get two teams from the conference into the NCAAs. All right, well, let's uh, get uh, get us ready for UH uh, football coming up next. If you want to watch the game, go down to Big City Diner Kailua. Countdown to kickoff is going to be live from BCD in Kailua tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Kickoff at 10 o'clock. Mega Modelos, that's 25-ounce drafts, just 7 bucks. You can win some great prizes, too, and enter to win a trip for two to 
um, Las Vegas from Vacations Hawaii. Be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy International Day of the Nacho. We hope we're going to celebrate with some nachos tonight. And uh, looking at some storylines headed for this football game, one of them that really comes to mind is, and I wonder, Timmy Chang, Thomas Sheffield, Josh Brown, the safety coach, all were with Coach uh, Jay Norvell in Nevada. How much do they? Can they? does that help? I wonder. I think it helped at least a little. Look at last week's game against Nevada. I would imagine Timmy Chang and the other coaches knew a little bit more about Toa Tawa than maybe other teams. You have all the film and everything, but when you were with them on a daily basis, I think enough of the players on Nevada were there that that might have given them an advantage. I don't know how many Nevada players are on uh, Colorado State now. I know a few left with the transfer portal. Oh, a lot but the coaching left. Staff, they, they, like 12 guys or 15 But I don't know if they were all Nevada something. guys or not. If they were all Nevada guys. No, no, that's what I'm telling you. I looked. It, it's on Mountain West Wire, a draft uh, tracker, drafter, or whatever. A lot of guys, a good some amount. And that's why it was so surprising that Toa Tawa stayed in Nevada. That's what all the hubbub was. Wow, this guy's really loyal. Partially because his brother's the running back coach. Yeah, But, right, yeah, right. a lot of guys did transfer over there. No, I'm, I'm talking about who left Colorado From State. From Nevada. No, but people who left Colorado State during this season. Who transferred Oh, out. my gosh. There's it's a at lot. least 10 guys. I know, but I it's think on, some of them on, are from Nevada, th- too. Oh, okay, but MWWire.com, it's about 10 to 12 guys who have transferred yeah. from Colorado State. Right, right, right. Crazy. Which, and some of them were, like Stovall was from Nevada, so some of Jay Norville's former players. I, again, your, your question, I think it gives Hawaii a little bit of an advantage. I, I don't know, again, with all the film and everything you know, I'm not sure how much, but it could only help Hawaii, I think, knowing a lot about their, 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 their thinking of former situations certain situation if you're in a third and long what does jay norville like to do as an example things like that their tendencies i yeah. guess <laughs> if it's third and long what does jay norville well, like to do what does no. any coach do on third and long except for norm chow well specifically what play i mean i think they'll know his tendencies a little bit but at the same time jay norville knows that they know some of his tendencies so i don't know yeah. if it's that much i'm just wondering if it's yeah, a, maybe little a little bit. Uh, who knows yeah. who knows Anyway, the way Hawaii goes is going to be the way is going to be the way that El Manning and the rest of the offensive line and Dedrick Parson go. I mean, we're depending on the quarterback, of course, but if we're able to run the ball against these guys, back up the truck, turn out the lights, get on the plane, and get back home. Hopefully, you're not sitting in front of a baby on the plane like Mark Veneri. <laughs> That'll do it. Have a great Aloha Friday. Remember, we got baseball happening this afternoon at 1 o'clock. This is ESPN Honolulu on point next.